long and overdue episode of Prospects After Dark. I am your host, I am Kyle Reese. On uh, November 30th, the last day of November, 2022. Uh, look, I don't know how this is going to be. It's been a really long time since we've done this. Uh, hello there, Nelson. Uh, I would recommend that everybody goes over to the Birds on the Black YouTube page. I think that it's a little bit better of an interactive experience. Uh, so if you uh, if you feel so inclined, please find your way over to the Birds on the Black YouTube page. I'm not as in your face. It's more of a traditional pad look. Uh, Sarah Ann asked where my hair is at. Uh, it's on my face. At least, you know, at least I've got something to cover my incredibly weak-ass jawline. Uh, at least I've got a beard to cover my jawline. Uh, so, again, you guys, look, it's been a really long time since we've done this. So I guess we need to go over the rules of Prospects After Dark. Uh, there aren't really any rules. Uh, what we ask is for questions, for thoughts, for comments. Look, we can talk about Cardinals prospects. We can talk about uh, Cardinals' approach to the hot stove. We can talk about, uh, as uh, that Taylor Cruz on Twitter, he was interested in talking about John Mabry's, John Mabry's penis. Uh, I'm always interested in that. So if that's your dilly, your dilly, dilly who, uh, then we should get into that. Jimmy Ball Game 420 over, oh, that's right, I can do this. Uh, uh, Jimmy Ball, I can do the little thing on YouTube, which I really like. Uh, bourbon choice. All right, Nelson. Uh, Nelson 51962. So no bourbon tonight. Uh, as things happen on pad, we need to scale back just a little bit. So what we're drinking tonight is we're going to drink this uh, Firestone Walker Mulca Doce um, Nitro Stout. Uh, that's here. So to everybody at Prospects After Dark, welcome back. Uh, let's get into it. Let's have some fun. And then when we need a change of pace, we're going to be drinking a Montucky. It's a cold snack, family. Enjoy. To everybody at Prospects After Dark, to me. Over on YouTube, Jimmy Ballgame420 says, oh, hey, what's up, Jimmy Ballgame? Uh, let's see. Matt Stromer says, go Cardinals. Hello, Matt Stromer. It's great to see you. Again, you guys can ask questions on Twitter. You can ask uh, uh, You can ask it on YouTube. I recommend YouTube. So uh, hopefully we can get that going. The cool thing about YouTube is that, it, again, it's a little bit more interactive. We can put the questions up, the comments up. Uh, uh, and I, I really like that. So, again, if you're looking for a, a little bit more interactive of an experience, a little bit more professional of an experience, as, as professional as this stupid show can be, uh, I would recommend the Birds on the Black YouTube page. Um, so Zach Bathon says, hey, I've missed this. Zach, I've missed doing this, honestly. Like, I think about doing it a lot, and then I just don't because I'm old and I'm beat up and I can't keep the same energy level up as high as I used to. So, hey, look, I'm really glad you're here. Also, uh, yesterday, uh, a real quick shout-out to the legit journos, uh, the legit journalists uh, for the Post-Dispatch, the Belleville, Belleville News Democrat, uh, uh, Cardinals uh, website, uh, John Denton, Jeff Jones, uh, ben Hockman, Ben Fredrickson, Mr. Rick Hummel, uh, Ryan Fagan from the Sporting News, um, and uh, uh, I think I said John Denton, but most importantly, Derek Gould. They put on a really cool uh, Q&A at Modern Brewery in the city. That's a really awesome spot. You guys should check it out. Um, but I only bring that up because at the end, there was a guy who came up to me. He's like, hey, I love Pad. I miss Pad. Uh, and I can't remember that person's name. So if you're in here, please tell me that you were the person. Uh, and I'd like to have a toast to you. Uh, that was part of the reason why we're doing this. It kind of got me uh, got me going a little bit. Hey, Victoria's here. Hello, Victoria. Dryden, how are you? Uh, well, what's up? What's up, y'all? Victoria, look, uh, it sounds like, as always, there's so much going on. But I hope you're doing well. I hope uh, I hope the girls are doing well. And uh, we love you. And it's nice to have you back. It's nice to talk to you. We're going to get into it. Sarah Ann over on Twitter says, Kyle, I was the guy last night. You are like a brother at this point. So there you go. You and uh, you and Gifts are like my de facto Arizona brothers. Uh, we're going to get into business. We'll see where it goes. 
but Turner Herbeck, no, I was the guy from Card Scorecard. It was not you either, Christian. Uh, thoughts on most shortstop comment? I think that uh, people are kind of overreacting to it a little bit. Look, Tommy Edmond is a very, very good shortstop, and that is a great baseline uh, thing to say when you're not trying to show your hand at short. I think we all know that the Cardinals are hoping that something falls to them at the shortstop position. I think when I read that, and we've heard the comment before when he was, and that he did not hesitate to say that Tommy Edmond would be their starting shortstop about a month ago, I think that uh, we can put it together that the Cardinals are saying that they're happy with Tommy Edmond. But I think we all know that they'll be advantageous if somebody falls to them. I, I think that we're overreacting. I think that, uh, you know, this is the kind of thing that when you have 20 hours of sports talk radio, maybe we beat to death because there really isn't a whole lot else going on other than a lot of uh, conjecture, really, and, and a lot of speculation. So you, those are my thoughts. Look, at the truth is Tommy Edmond is a really, really good shortstop. Uh, he should have been the Cardinals shortstop for the entire season, but they fucked around with Paul DeYoung. He probably should have been the Cardinals shortstop all of last season, too. These are things that we talked about on Pat for years and years now. Uh, so he's right. And if they don't upgrade shortstop, at least they have Tommy Edmond. But I think that all that, that the comment Mo made tells us is that uh, it's about finding their opportunity, their advantage. Um, Ryan Spencer says, did any of the 22 draftees play much this year? If so, how'd they look? A lot of the bats did and the, some of the relief pitchers did. But uh, Herpy, uh, Jerpy didn't. Herpy. Jerpy didn't. Uh, uh, Mounts didn't, the second-round pick. Hanson, the third-round pick. Those guys didn't. Uh, Raychick, uh, the, the sixth-round pick. The guys with the large college workloads did not. Uh, they, they were a little bit more cautious with those guys, giving them a chance to not fatigue out, maybe the same way that Graceffo and McGreevy did uh, in 2021. You know, both of those guys pitched at the end of 2021, came into 2022, looked on fire, although Graceffo's in a different league than McGreevy. And uh, then they started struggling a little bit that's after a really large workload in college in 2021 so part of that was to just um give them a chance to catch their breath and start afresh in 2023 that's uh, a great question ryan spencer i'm like hey block of their own oh block of their own if dayton would have been the person who came up to me yesterday dayton and i would still be together we'd be laying on the floor just completely exhausted at uh having to give energy and uh it would have been the happiest moment of my entire life uh, Jay Napici says, does Jordan Walker make the opening day roster and win the NL uh, Rookie of the Year? I don't know. Look up. Man, I, I want to get back to that. Real fast, I want to get caught up on some more uh, comments over on YouTube. Again, check out YouTube if you haven't. Sweet Jones says, salut to you, Sweet Jones. I'm going to take a sip of my Montucky. Alf over here says, let's go. Yeah, that's right, Alf. Let's go. Uh, Sweet Jones says, do you have a preference of the catcher options, Troy for Murphy or Toronto options? signed Wilson Contreras like uh we talked about it a little bit on the worst fans in baseball podcast which by the way was a blast you guys should check that out if you haven't already it's on the Spotify and a bunch of different uh uh, uh venues worst fans in baseball those guys are crazy and it fits with my style so uh check that out you know the way that I did it for me is I like Alejandro Kirk the most I like Murphy second and then after that it kind of is dicey for me uh, I think for the Cardinals Murphy makes the most sense uh, and then I think Kirk probably makes the second most sense. And then after that, it's kind of dicey. I was thinking about this question a lot today. And this is a beggars can't be choosers situation for me. The Cardinals are lucky that they're looking for a catcher at a time when it seems like there are really a lot of viable catchers available. You know, even if they end up having to fall back to uh, a Vasquez, like that's not a bad thing to fall back to. He had a terrible second half after being traded, but 
he's a really great defensive catcher. He, he no, you know, everybody speaks so highly of him. And if that ends up being what they go with, sure, it's not going to be an offensive juggernaut. Sure, all that proves is that they need to probably find additional support um, uh, somewhere else down the line for their lineup, whether that be in a platoon situation or a star, which is something we'll get into later on too, and probably, hopefully. Um, so like that, that's kind of where, where I am with the catchers. Look, if it's Wilson Contreras, that's fine. If it's Kirk or Jansen or, because uh, 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 I don't think it's going to be, uh, uh, you know, uh, their big Gabriel Moreno. I don't think it's going to be him. Uh, if it's Murphy, like if it's Vasquez, like I'm on board for that. Like I think Mike Zunino might be like the bottom of the barrel. I, I like I like Vasquez more than I like Zunino. I think Zunino's power would probably be, be, be better. Uh, Nick, I'm with you. By the way, Nick, uh, uh, Nick, it's a pleasure that you're in here. I'm with you. Look, I'm not big on Contreras, but again, I do think he makes the Cardinals better. And I think as fans who that were constantly like, hey, we have to get better. This team isn't good enough. They need to get better. Like, we can't be so picky and choosy when they go and sign the best available free agent at the position that they need the most if they do that. Again, like, again, I I I am very much like you have to do what you have to do. So I'm 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 kind of riding the fence on this one. But yeah, like that's uh, that's my thought. Uh, well, so let me tell you this, Nick, as Nick says over on Twitter, I thought Fowler would make us better too. I did not. As a matter of fact, I was pretty vocal about that at the time. I remember uh, 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 Richard Justice said uh, the Cardinals get their perfect fit, Dexter Fowler, and I did not think that. Now, I don't think Wilson Contreras is the perfect fit. He's not even necessarily my favorite option. For me personally, I put him maybe fifth of like the five, uh, uh, the five as we talked about in the Worst Fans on Baseball podcast. But, um, you know, I uh, – I still think that he makes the team better. And I don't think you can argue that uh, it's different. It's different than Fowler. It's a different set of problems too, but it's different than Fowler. Uh, Jesse Sample says, cheers. Cheers, Jesse Sample. Uh, Matthew Stromer, our good friend, Matt Stromer. Any cool tidbits from the journal meetup? Look, uh, yeah, you know, it was a really good talk. It, w- it was more of like a panel discussion than anything. I don't necessarily know if there were any nuggets. You know, it didn't really seem like anybody – believe that they were going to get a shortstop. I, I think we all understand that. Like, you know, I, I think maybe the, this, I don't know. I, to me, there really wasn't much like tidbits. It was a really good discussion amongst journalists uh, more so than anything, Matt. Um, Bro Jay Hayes uh, says, uh, why will Tom Pagnazzi be the starting catcher in 2023? Matt Pagnazzi, maybe Matt Pagnazzi over on Twitter. We have a uh, coach J22. I'm a huge fan of Murph. I'm afraid he gets traded elsewhere. Mo panics and sends out Newt for a catcher. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not as worried about that. And I understand other people's worries. But, you know, I was thinking about this a lot with Lars Newpar today. Um, uh, I was thinking about this with Lars Newpar today. Like, when was the last time the Cardinals traded a prospect uh, at, like, our prospect, a player at the peak of their value? The Cardinals don't trade players when they have value like Lars Newpar has. Like, that's never really happened. And Lars is under control. So the more teams come asking for him, I think the less likely – the, the Cardinals would be to trade him. And there's no sneaking these guys anymore, right? Like, the Cardinals know Lars Newbar is something that they don't otherwise have. Uh, and they're not going to trade him unless they can get something that they don't otherwise have. And they, with a lot of control. So I don't think it's necessarily something to be fully worried about just yet. Uh, and also, you know, the good news is there's all different types of catchers for all different types of likes and wants out there. You know, if you if you want to catch her maybe for a year or two, you can get Vasquez or Zunino. And sure, that's not impressive. It's not great, but it's something. It's not awful, right? It's it's not the shiny object that you want, but it can tide you over maybe for a year or two. You know, if you want to maybe go a little crazy, you can get Wilson Contreras. 
there might be people that we're not even talking about that might end up getting traded. You know, what if, you know, I'm not a big Salvador Perez fan because of, you know, his health issues. But what if all of a sudden the Royals are like, look, we'll pay half of his salary and you can have him. Like, I wouldn't be upset with that exactly, depending on what the how the whole catcher situation shook out. So, you know, I again, they need to get better there. They know they need to get better there. I think that they understand they're going to have to overpay, whether it be in the trade or in the free agent market, because of how obvious and glaring their need is. Uh, and that's just like the nature of the beast there. And uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that, you know, it's, how, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But like, that's the most fascinating part in this. Are they, is there a person that's obvious? Because Vasquez seems like the most obvious to me, uh, uh, even more so than Murphy uh, and and the young, the young bucks over in, in Toronto. But uh, yeah, like th- that's, that's my thought on the catcher situation. Quinn says, is Tony Cruz a free agent, a perpetual free agent? Uh, Dylan Carlson is not Dylan Carlson says, well said. Salvi is the best at DH at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Is Spence Ryan says Danny Jansen any good? Yeah, look, he's good. He's coming off of a career year, and sometimes you don't want to trade for that, but he's going to make the Cardinals better. Um, let's see. We have over on YouTube, we have Bush Bias says, good to have prospects after dark back. To you, Bush Bias, I'm going to raise my glass of Montucky, my cup of my – this is a can, shithead. A can of Montucky. To you, I raise my glass. I swear I'm going to get to the Jordan Walker and opening day thing here in a second. Let me try to get caught up. John Marion says, "Woo, let's go, baby. That's right, John Marion. A oh, waiter raid. A waiter raid says, lukewarm stove, driving fans insane. Yeah, fans and pundits and uh, uh, blowhards alike. And I'm all of all three of those things, I guess, technically. So, yeah, you know, I, I, there was a report earlier, I believe it was Jeff Passing, who said that he believes that we're going to see the hot stove really crank up, like in some of those uh, exciting um, uh, manager meetings in the past, um, our owners' meetings in the past. I'm anxious to see if that actually happens. I think you might get a lot of an extra lot of smoke that might not result in a, a ton, but who the who knows? We never really know how it's going to uh, to turn out. By the way, I forgot to put the question up there on YouTube. And if you're on Twitter, feel free to go over on YouTube and check that out. Uh, YouTube birds on the black YouTube. Victoria Dryden says, "I appreciate you, Kyle. It's been not great here. I'm sorry. You know, Victoria, if ever you're in a bind and you want to talk it out with some complete stranger from." you know, 2,000 miles away or whatever it is, feel free to slide into the DMs and talk it out. You're, you've are you been incredible to me and my people. And, uh, you know, we're here for you in any way we can. Uh, thank you for being an awesome, one of the one of the most loyal and awesome pad people that we have uh, in Prospects After Dark. I'm sure you're drinking coffee or something tonight. So I'll have a, a little sip of my Firestone Walker Mocha Dolce uh, Nitro Stout for you. Our good friend Toon Dog says, YouTube much better feed. Love it. Yeah, me too. I think uh, I think we all kind of agree that this is a better a better feed, the YouTube, than uh, than what's happened over on Twitter. So on Twitter Live, like when you had Periscope, uh, you used to be able to turn your phone this way. Uh, uh, also the size of John Mabry's penis. Also the size of Lou Brock's penis, John Mabry's penis. Uh, but you used to be able to turn your phone sideways, and then you'd be able to get the panoramic view. Now, because of Twitter Live, for whatever reason, it only goes straight up and down, power play dance. Uh, and uh, because of that, you get like zoned in on my face way too fucking much. Uh, and I apologize for that. Dan Goki uh, says over on YouTube, Toronto Twitter believes they are getting newt. A lot of people think they're getting newt. And that's because of all the um, all the hype around it. And maybe they do. You know, I think that there's an argument to be made that because of the control and his offensive profile, that Alejandro Kirk for Lars Newfar makes a lot of sense. Now, does it hurt the Cardinals? Yeah, more than likely. 
uh, and maybe even in a big way. I think that there's a portion of the fans who anticipate Lars Neupar because of uh, uh, what he's done with driveline, how he's improved his bat speed, the slug, the the uh, uh, the uh, patience profile to be one of the Cardinals' best hitters in 2023. Uh, or, yeah, 2023, and I don't know if I agree with that, but I definitely can't disagree with it. And all of the 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 woba, all of the expecting, like all of the predictive stats say that he's going to be maybe the Cardinals' first or second or third best hitter up there with Paul Goldschmidt and, and Nolan Arenado. But we just don't know. We don't know how the league's going to adjust to him. Uh, so again, I I think he's a very valuable piece, and I think he's the only he's a type of player that you only move if you know you're getting exactly what you need and exactly what you want in the deal. Uh, otherwise, like you don't trade him for Danny Jansen. Like that's that that's too much of an unknown. Like that doesn't do you any good, especially with the years of control, the cheap years of control that they have. And again, that trading Lars Newbar is not something that the Cardinals would typically do. Uh, at the, like what is maybe even potentially like the height of his value. Uh, normally, it's the other way around. Oh, hello, Fuzzle Light. How are you over on Twitter? Uh, hi, Kyle. Is Pacheco season finally upon us? Uh, Freddie Pacheco, if he doesn't get traded this offseason, should get every chance to pitch out of the Cardinals bullpen at the start of 2023. And if the Cardinals aren't giving him a fair shake, then they're fucking stupid for it because they're only hurting themselves in the long run. Uh, over on YouTube, Kirby Wagoner says, just open a delicious Pacifico to celebrate tonight's pad. Cheers to you. Cheers to you, Kirby Wagoner. I love Pacifico. I haven't had it in a long time, but that's a delicious beer. As I dribble the Montucky down on my throat. Dribble that Montucky down your chin, boy slut. Uh, Lance Dance says, favorite modern brewing beer. So let me tell you a fun uh, a fun little thing about um, uh, a modern. Is they have a beer that's called After Dark. And it's kind of styled a lot like the Prospect After Dark stuff. Uh, and I, if it's after me, I'm uh, after what we do here on Prospect After Dark, that'd be the coolest, most flattering thing that I ever could have imagined. It probably isn't. Uh, but I, I like that beer a lot. Last night I had... And I can't think of what it was called, but they had like an apricot sour that was delicious. And I'm not even a huge sour fan. I love Founders Amazagave. That's my favorite sour. And it's like one of the only sours I like. But the, the apricot sour that they had on tap last night was delicious. Uh, not too sour, you know, not too uh, uh, pucker factor. Um, it was it was really good. You should check it out. Uh, and also, like, I want to spend more time in Modern. Adam, if you ever just want to... Come to St. Louis and get a beer. I'd love to grab a beer with you at Modern, man. You're one of my favorites. Quinn, who actually who is actually responsible for Oscar Tavares' death, said Mastini, Matheny is a free agent, could kick the tires on him as backstop. Yeah, that'd be incredible, Quinn. I, I would love to see it. Cheers to Cardinals Gets. As always, look, uh, uh, Cardinals Gets and I talked on the phone last week, and that's another part of the reason why we're doing PAD. Uh, hopefully, we can keep doing some rendition of PAD here and there. We'll see how it goes. I'm having fun already tonight. This is one of my favorite things on earth to do, uh, and you guys make it worth so to, uh, worth it. So the Cardinals gifts. Sir smokes a lot over on Twitter. Says, "Bring me Wilson Contreras." Uh, yeah, maybe we'll see. You know, I just I'm anxious to see what they do uh, because I think that there are a lot of options out there. Some that'll make fans mad, and some that'll make fans really happy, uh, and some that make more sense than don't. So. Um, you know, I, I think that, uh, I think that more than likely the majority of fans will end up being upset about it one way or the other, uh, whether it's Wilson Contreras or Murphy or Kirk or Jansen or a Vasquez or Zunino or, uh, whatever. Um, I, I do think that there, there's going to be a loud portion that is unhappy about it, uh, just by the nature of what we deal with now in fandom. 
Matt Parker says, thoughts on Enohan Paniagua and Julio E. Rodriguez. Well, just as a reminder, Julio E. Rodriguez is no longer in the Cardinals organization. He's a minor league free agent. Doesn't mean the Cardinals won't bring him back, but I hope Julio goes to a different organization that will get him to AAA and give him a chance to be a, uh, get a couple starts at the major leagues because he's every bit as talented uh, defensively as any catcher in the organization. Now, Enohan Paniagua is interesting, right? Uh, uh, he dominated the Florida State League, low A. Went up to Peoria, showed some good signs at high A, but there's still a lot of things to be concerned about. Uh, uh, you know, uh, there's still a lot of things that he needs to get better at. He still doesn't, like, miss a ton of at-bats, and he doesn't pitch with a ton of velocity. His stuff, he has a repeatable delivery, and he's a really good pitcher. My concern about Inahan Paniagua is how much, like, Angel Rondon he's going to end up being. Now, his stuff measures better than Rondon's. Uh, he doesn't throw with as much deception. He has really good arm speed. Again, Everything kind of comes from the same place. Uh, but uh, uh, <laughs> Twitter does blow now. We'll get to that in a second. But like Inohan Paniagua is a really great minor league player who presents an incredible amount of depth for the Cardinals organization, who probably doesn't have as much uh, value to other organizations as probably the Cardinals would perceive or even Cardinal fans would perceive. Uh, that uh, would be an awesome trade piece, in my opinion, if he makes it through the Rule 5 draft, and he should. And by the way, if he ends up getting selected in the Rule 5 draft, remember, this is a kid who's not, unless he's made huge strides in the last two months since the end of the season, he's a kid who's not remotely ready for the major leagues. So uh, at the very best, you're talking about uh, Luis Perdomo situation where he's bad for, like, the Padres and never gets a chance to be as good as he could have been, but he doesn't have the octane that, uh, uh, that Perdomo had, so I don't think we're that worried about it. Um, but yeah, look, that, those are my thoughts. Look, I wish the Cardinals would, would have given Julio Rodriguez a real chance at AAA, uh, before he became a minor league free agent, uh, over on YouTube, uh, we have, what's the Matt Carpenter market look like? Uh, I, you know, I, I would suspect that he finds his way maybe back to Texas. Like, I wouldn't be surprised by that. Uh, my guess would be maybe if the Yankees think they need another left-handed bat, which they very well could, he's still a fit there you know, going over seven with seven strikeouts or whatever it was there before they uh, got eliminated from the playoffs. That's probably leaves a bad taste in the fans' mouth. But yeah, you know, coming off an injury uh, uh, and then getting right into playoff action isn't easy. So, uh, you know, we'll see. Like, I don't I don't think Matt Carpenter's got much of a market as it stands. I think you're talking about a player who, you know, unless a team gives him $7 million right off the bat, uh, uh, gives him Carlos Santana money or whatever, um, I, I th probably a guy who gets close to spring training before he signs anywhere. Once some of the stuff funnels out, uh, over on Twitter, our good friend, Nick Danaberger, who's basically like a cousin to me says, Oh my God, this is much better. Twitter blows now. Now this is actually something we've been dealing with since before the Elon Musk thing. When, when Twitter got rid of Periscope and transitioned to Twitter live, that kind of ruined prospects after dark in a way. And it definitely ruined Twitter's live streaming platform. Uh, Sir Smokes Lots over on Twitter says, uh, bring me Wilson Contreras. Uh, Chris Lawless, our good friend, says, it's if not a top shortstop, work in the cards, improve the lineup aside from C or pitcher, need run support. Yeah, well, remember the Cardinals were a top third uh, uh, offense last year. And sure, they got shut out a lot, but they were a top third offense last year. And, you know, sure, that comes with Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado being top three MVP finishers and Lars Newpar having a breakout. But all that happened, too, at the same time, while uh, Tyler O'Neill was hurt, and Dylan Carlson was hurt in playing, and they were both league average run producers. Where's it going to come from? Well, they'll get a boost from catcher, but they, those guys have to be have to be healthy. And you know, platoon matchups. I think having Brendan Donovan a part of the lineup uh, all year and maybe at the top of the lineup will make their offense that much better. You know, we again we talk about protecting the lineup. Uh, we talk about 
offering protection for Goldschmidt and Arenado. And everything tells us, the players tell us, uh, so the eye test, players tell us, the data tells us, it's about getting guys on base before Arenado and Goldschmidt. If you can do that, then that changes. So if that's Newfar and Donovan up front, uh, then, then you have to roll with it. If that's Edmund at the back of the lineup and Donovan at front, then you have to roll with it. But you have to get guys on for those guys to drive in runners. Now, the reason the Cardinals didn't have success uh, at the end of September and then at the beginning of October was because Arenado and Goldschmidt stopped driving in runs. So, yes, they definitely need more depth in the lineup. They definitely need a healthy Tyler O'Neill to be the 125 uh, uh, WRC plus after June 16th or whatever it is when he came off the aisle the first time, but healthy. You know, they need uh, Dylan Carlson to be the 110 or better, 109 or better WRC plus uh, a run producer, uh, 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 you know, and also hit against, hit left-handed better. Like, they need that. Absolutely. But I maintain that the Cardinals are at their best, and it makes a lot of sense to go into the season with the outfield they have as much as fans don't like that. So uh, my, my under my premise, hopefully Arenado and Goldie can keep their 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 asses, you know, can keep where they were or something similar to for the majority of the 2022 season and 2023. Health comes into play, and then just Edmund and Donovan – uh, in the middle of the order, middle of the lineup, secure the middle of the diamond, securing and settling those two positions uh, ends up having an effect throughout the entire lineup. And also bring in options, you know, whether it's, it's a left-handed outfield DH type, maybe it's, you know, Josh Bell's going to get a lot of money, but somebody like Josh Bell or Trey Mancini, you know, those are all right-handed or, you know, Bell isn't right-handed, but Mancini's a righty. Like maybe you find somebody like that. Like that's, that's what I like in the off season, because we have so much time and there are so many available options on the free agent market. We get so caught up in how the season is going to go and setting yourself up for the season, which I think is important. I think it's most important to set up your rotation for the season in the off season than it is anything else. And then adjust in season for what you need. And I think that that benefits the Cardinals. Like, you know, I, fans don't want to hear it, but the NL Central sucks. That gives the Cardinals time. It's just a matter of how willing they are to be aggressive in season, which has been the my major issue all along. See, I am still on board with Buy all the cheap relief pitching options that you can, put them in a blender, and maybe one becomes a delicious smoothie. Uh, uh, that That's where I'm at. Because what you should be doing, uh, you know, the regular season is one with starting pitching, right? And offense. The postseason is one with relief pitching. So if you want my opinion, you load up on free agent, you load up on starting pitchers that you think can get you through the season, that you feel confident can get you through the season. And then with your relief pitching, that's when, by the deadline, you add relief pitching. Because you know what those guys have been through. You know what they have. And as dicey as the relief pitching market is, even if you have to overpay for it, uh, look, I'd rather overpay for it in prospects than in dollars. And right now, you're going to have to overpay for it in dollars. Uh, just in the season, you know, if O'Neill's hurt a ton and Carlson isn't cutting it and Newtbar regresses, uh, and Jordan Walker doesn't look ready. And Moises Gomez uh, is striking out 40% of the time in 100 at-bats. And Juan Yepes and maybe even Nolan Gorman. Uh, none of those guys. And Tommy Edmond, or if he gets some time out in the outfield. Or Brendan Donovan gets some time out in the outfield and Gorman plays second. If none of that's working come June, then adjust. Trade for one of the outfielders that can help you. Uh, you don't have to win that right now. But you do have to see if o – and again, we feel like O'Neill can't stay healthy. And we feel like Carlson is is flopping. Uh, but that's neither of these things are necessarily true. They they're true, but they are also um, a fluid situation. And I think that that gets lost in all of this finality and certainty and and search for certainty that happens in the off season. 
Sarah Ann says, what if no one trades anyone? I would love that. Uh, Cardinal Skip says, love everyone in here. Head over to YouTube for a better pad experience. We agree. Nelson says, uh, it is better. Even Elon would admit it. Quinn says, if Nukbar's dad decides to proclaim himself a hated coach, maybe he'd be traded to Toronto. That'd be funny. Uh, Nicole, hey, Nicole, how are you? I have missed you so much. So what are your thoughts on non-tendering Reyes? Could bite us. Oh, well, that's that's my thoughts to you, Nicole. Hold on. Sorry, I needed to drink. My thoughts are I wish things would have gone different with, with Alex Reyes. I'm bummed that he's probably going to go to a different organization and have success. But, you know, it makes every sense uh, for the Cardinals. It makes all the sense in the world for the Cardinals not to tender him. They don't really have a reason to tender him. Uh, and maybe they can still work something out with him, which I don't think is out of the realm of possibility. You know, the last thing we want is Alex Reyes going to the Dodgers and all of a sudden him and Shelby Miller being this, like, lockdown eighth-ninth combo, like eighth-ninth inning uh, relief combo. I could see something like that happen. But, you know, the bottom line for me is I'm just rooting for Alex Reyes. You know, he's a good kid who's worked really hard for the Cardinals, and it just never worked out because of injuries except for a half a season last year. Uh, so so my thoughts are, you know, uh, to, to Alex Reyes, we raise our Montucky. Thank you for trying your hardest for so many years, giving us a great half of the season last year. And here's to a, a, what is hopefully still a somewhat prolific career uh, somewhere down the line. Uh, Quinn says, did you call Gifts or send him a text? Uh, Gifts and I talked on the phone. Uh, Sammy Helm says, who do you think we should look at a left-handed bat? Look, I, you know, I don't know. I think more than likely it's going to be some bat that everybody is not happy about. You know, like uh, I think we've had a lot of people zone in on Bellinger and Conforto. If the Cardinals only have $20 million to spend and they spend more than half of it on Bellinger and or Conforto, uh, uh, then I think that that's a hell of a gamble to take when they have so many other, you know, when they have other needs. Um, I, you know, I also don't think Conforto is going to get the pillow deal that people think he's going to get. You know, uh, Carlos Santana gets six and a half million dollars. I think that tells us that some of these guys are going to get more money than just a quote unquote pillow deal. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I, Michael Brantley might be the guy, but even he might go at a 10, 12 million for a year, even coming off of surgery to end his season. You know, I, I don't know. I, I, I the, the truth is, you know, I, I we hear Brandon, uh, Brandon Kiley on 101 uh, BK and Ferrario. Ferraro. Pardon me, for Ferrario, Ferraro, uh, that guy. Uh, uh, we hear him talk a lot about like Ben Gamble, maybe somebody like that. You know, it could end up being Corey Dickerson again. Who knows? Um, you know, I think we focus a lot on the left-handed hitting, and I think it's important. But the most important left-handed hitter is Nolan Gorman. Like, are you going to be able to find somebody on the market that is or is capable of being what Nolan Gorman's capable of being and in need of at bats like Nolan Gorman is? Uh, no, probably not. You know, Conforto and Bellinger might be that, but I don't think we have any certainty that Bellinger's that. I mean, we don't have any certainty that, uh, Nolan Gorman is, but I don't, I don't think we've seen anything out of, of Bellinger in the last two years that is any more promising than what we saw out of Gorman last year. So, uh, you know, from a price certainty standpoint, like, and, and a risk standpoint, I don't think any of those big name lefties, except for maybe Michael Brantley and, or, you know, switch hitting Josh Bell, like, I don't think any of them really do much for the Cardinals and uh, it's about the role that they're going to get. So, you know, they'll bring in somebody. Uh, and I think that depending on how the free agent market goes and their pursuit of catcher goes might have something to do with like the caliber of lefty they bring in. Um, but yeah, like that, that's my thought. Look, I'm in this rare boat that aside from getting a premier player, because I do believe that the Cardinals need premier. I think that they, they fuck around in that middle tier way too fucking much. 
Uh, and that's kind of their MO. I think they need Trey Turner, you know, like, or Bogarts or Correa, not Swanson. That's a fucking bad decision. Unless you can get him for like a one-year deal uh, while he proves some shit that whatever. Uh, but like, they need that. Other than that, like, it doesn't do them any good to get middling players. It, what does them good is to get their guys at bats, get Alec Burleson at bats, get Yepes at bats, get Gomez at bats. Uh, get Gorman at bats, like, and see if any of that works, and then adjust on the fly in the season with some of these guys that we just brought up, because uh, they're going to have value to somebody, um, maybe more value uh, to the Cardinals if given a real chance. Because yeah, look, and don't sit there and tell me that Alec Burleson got a real chance in September. September, he did not. That's fucking bullshit. Uh, uh, and also, he started hitting the ball harder at the end there. So let's not give up on fucking Alec Burleson yet either, dummies. Uh, let's see uh yes yeah, shout out to victoria um holy shit yeah nathan avert says uh holy shit youtube looks and sounds way better that's right check out youtube twitter ruined it um over on uh twitter <laughs> jd alfonso says hey kyle skip over this if you've already been asked but do you have a take on glasnow to st louis i don't think it's likely but i'd love to see it tyler glasnow is the type of electric talent that the cardinals need you know, they, they don't need a middling left-handed bat unless the lefty hits 400 against righties. And then you can, and you are guaranteed that he will only ever hit in that platoon. Like that's the lefty they need. Um, but uh, yeah, look, Glasnow is the elite level talent that they need. Trey Turner, elite level talent. Uh, Correa, potentially elite. Bogart, potentially elite. Uh, I guess technically Trey Turner, potentially elite. Uh, Carlos Rodon, potentially elite. Uh, Jacob deGrom, elite, period. Like, Spend the money on those guys. Stop fucking around with the middle tier. And then scrape up uh, the, the rest along the lines. Sarah over on Twitter says, uh, how will the fan base How will the fan base react when the cards don't sign a new catcher? Then Yachty comes back. They'll be happier than anything on earth, Sarah. It'd be amazing. I'd actually love to see it. God, just to see the reaction. Uh, Spaghetti Jones says, what's up, dog? What's up, Spaghetti Jones? How are you? Caleb Noble says, Mo said he believes, quote, protection for Goldie and Nolan is important. Would you prefer protection in front of them with OBP, a top order weapon, or a power five-hole guy? Look, the Cardinals have a potential power five-hole guy and Tyler O'Neill. And if he's healthy, he's that. And we saw that from June 16th until the end of the year when he had a WCR, WRC plus of 125 when he's healthy. But he's got to stay healthy and he's got to get off to a hotter start than the start that he's gotten off to in 2021 and 2022. Um, again, you ask the players and you see the data and they will tell you that getting guys on base in front of your monsters is what makes the difference. It, they get pitched too differently. That's what makes the difference. So uh, what they need is they need, they need Lars Newbar, Tommy Edmond, and Nolan Gorman uh, to, or, and, and uh, uh, Brendan Donovan, sorry, uh, uh, Tommy Edmond, Lars Newbar, and Brendan Donovan to be the back of the order, front of the order anchors for those two. And then they can fuck around in the back of the lineup with whatever catcher they get and uh, uh, the outfield situation that they have, or maybe even Jordan Walker somewhere down the line, or Moises Gomez somewhere down the line, or Juan Yepes somewhere down the line, um, who, by the way, I still think we're cutting short too. You know, I, I, I'm telling you, like, there's more to Juan Yepes. There's more to Alec Burleson. I don't know if there's more to Nolan Gorman. I don't think there's more to Matthew Liberatore. Uh, uh, I feel confident about those other things. I think Moises Gomez is exactly who he is. You know, uh, last night, the legit journalist kind of compared him to a Rosarena. He's not a Rosarena. 
Uh, because what he is, is he's closer to a Jose Adolis Garcia. He's more like Jag than any other player that the Cardinals have had in the organization. He's going to hit for some power. He's going to strike out a ton. His defense is not anywhere near what Adolis is. Uh, so that's a little bit off there. But they've got similar arms. They have rocket arms. It's just Adolis is a better control of that rocket arm. And sometimes Moises Gomez throws the ball 700 feet over the second baseman's head. So, uh, you know, you got to keep that in mind. But, um, like, I think that an organization built from the ground up, uh, built from the pipeline, owes it them owes it to themselves to see what some of these guys have. And sure, that's frustrating to fans, and it's even frustrating to me. Uh, but what's more frustrating is when Randy Rosarena uh, goes to Tampa Bay and, and rakes. Jag becomes something. Uh, Patrick, Patrick Wisdom, to a different degree, becomes something. Like, that's more frustrating to me than giving Lane Thomas a chance and him being really shitty and then getting, you know, John Lester for him. Like, I would rather have that because I think that that's more valuable to the Cardinals and what they do, as frustrating as that is. Graham says, didn't even get a notification for this. Graham, that's on you, baby. I told you we were starting. Graham, I love you here. I'm going to drink some Montucky uh, from your sweet boy hole. Cardinals fan 022 says, Nolan Gorman is my big breakout candidate next year as long as he isn't traded. I think there's a better chance that he's a breakout candidate if he gets traded. Uh, Graham says, is Nolan Gorman going to be solid defensively at second? No, probably not. Uh, you know, he gets a full uh, his second full offseason. But, you know, we'll see. Look, he's a hard worker, and he understands the metric side of everything. So I think he's going to do everything he can to put himself in a position to uh, contribute to the Cardinals in any way he can. Over on YouTube, Corey Dobbs. Uh, about 20 minutes ago, and again, sorry, look, I'm trying to get to these as fast as I can. Uh, Corey Dobbs says the YouTube feed is way better. That's right. Nelson Reed said it is. Victoria uh, Victoria Dryden says, uh, absolutely on coffee tonight. Good, Victoria. I love to hear it. Uh, uh, Victoria also says, also, I don't think the cards move nude. I don't either, Victoria. Uh, Hans Hans Dingledorf says, speaking of opening things, I just opened my pants to celebrate the return of Pad. To your pants being off and open. Look, I recommend everybody masturbates to Prospects After Dark. Uh, put me on mute. Turn me all the way up. Uh, turn the video feed off. Do whatever you got to do. But pleasure yourself greatly. People aren't pleasuring themselves enough anymore in this country. In this country. And I think that's why we're having trouble as a country, personally. Just me. I think you guys need to jerk off more. God, I'd be a great president. Uh, Quinn says, I can't believe Mike Schild using a guy who had 20 innings pitched. Uh, in the past half decade, every day backfired. Yeah, you know, Mike Schilt's a bad manager. And I think it tells you everything you need to know that Mike Schilt uh, still doesn't have a bench coach job and, uh, you know, isn't really on the field anywhere except for when someone else is sick for the Padres. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully he gets a chance somewhere. Hopefully he gets a chance to prove me wrong because to me, he was never a particularly good manager. He was fine. He was a fine manager. Just Okay. Uh, Don Mattingly, right? Don Mattingly's not a good manager, but with good teams, average teams, he'd be an average good manager. Like, that's Don Mattingly. He's a Don Mattingly type manager. Uh, I'll take, even with the, the fuck up uh, with Helsley, which I still don't think is that much of a fuck up, I'll take Ali Marmol every day of the week. Quinn says, sign Swanson and then trade him for Shelby Miller. Uh, what year is that Happy New Year sign from last year? Believe it or not, because most of the stuff, like the Chris, wait, hold on. The Chris, yes, I did it. The Christmas tree has been up since uh, 2020. That's a pre-COVID Christmas tree, I think. 
Nick Danenberg, our good friend, says, I was surprised to see Maddox join the Rangers as pitching coach. Is it more than meets the eye with the, all the coaching changes? Look, uh, I think we can, you know, even he talked about being close to home, uh, playing into it. Uh, when he was on with Mad Dog Russo uh, in that that video was going around Twitter, you know, he mentioned Bruce Bochy having a big role in why he's doing it. But look, uh, the Cardinals have started to move away from that old school style of pitching coach. And thank God for that. Because uh, Mike Maddox isn't a good manager. He's an old school manager. And they'll find that out in Texas. Like, the, the Rangers are going backwards. Like, I love Bruce Bochy. Great manager. Uh, it's not 2014 anymore. Sure, Buck Showalter's having success in the Mets. But that's a pretty talented Mets team. I don't know how much that really has to do with Buck Showalter. I mean, it maybe has a little bit to do. Because they're such a hot mess and it's not really that different of a personnel. You know, Scherzer helps. Um, but, uh, like, it's not a loss. I don't view Mike Maddox as a loss for the organization in any way. Uh, you know, they part of it, I'm sure part of it is that uh, Dusty Blake has taken on a bigger role in the organization over the last two years. And the Cardinals were clearly going in that direction. And that's not who Bruce, Bruce Bochy is. And that is who Ali Marmol is. And, uh, you know, maybe there's a philosophical difference there. Maybe there's not. Uh, but definitely being closer to home plays a huge role in it, Nick. Good question, though. Hans Dingeldorf says, any word on UM seeing the Cards Caravan and Mattoon? No, man, I need Tom Ackerman to come through for me. That'd be amazing. Uh, Corey Dobbs says, Alpha Brewing, sure. Sours are great. Yeah. Off Morgan Ford near uh, Stella Blues. Man, I, I used to host trivia at Stella Blues. And I haven't been to Alpha Brewing in years, probably uh, I think a couple of years, but yeah, Alpha Brewing's awesome. Look, the beer scene in St. Louis is great. Uh, Clayton, uh, who is a father of one of my uh, uh, my former little leaguers, uh, uh, Cam uh, Clayton Pitcock says, first time caller, frequent stalker, one outfielder, one shortstop, then pitching. Mo has some promising to keep with third baseman. Well, so it's my understanding that the promise that he made to Nolan was that they would stay competitive and they would continue to pump as many resources into the team as possible. Uh, and that's what Nolan wanted. And he wanted that guarantee. So, uh, you know, it's my understanding again, that uh, uh, catching comes first and then pitching and then supplementing the roster around it. But if the catching falls through and they can get a deal on a shortstop, then that I would imagine that's where they go, uh, sir. By the way, uh, to, but to Mr. Pidcock, Awesome guy, uh, knows me as the terrible baseball coach I am. His son is a great baseball player who just got uh, Cameron, just got uh, signed a letter of intent to play Juco. Uh, to Cameron, to Clayton, to uh, the Hawks, I raise my glass. Ah, I love it. Uh, uh, Jordan Hilton says, is Prince Sex still Prince Sex? Yeah, Tyler O'Neill will forever be. Prince Sex. We love him with all of our hearts. And again, uh, remember, go to the Birds on the Black YouTube page. The YouTube feed is way better than the Twitter feed. So Birds on the Black, it'll be right there, uh, uh, and you can you can get it. You can get it hot. Sammy Helm says, I can't find the YouTube feed. Sammy, go to the Birds on the Black YouTube page. Uh, just the, not, not one of the actual videos. Just go to the YouTube page, and you'll see the live video. I think so, at least. I'm talking out of my ass. Oh, hey, Troy Poole. Troy is here. He said, hey, buddy. I'm absolutely with you on our young guys. That's right, bud. Uh, get us a good catcher and a starter, and then let's see what happens. Uh, to Troy and to uh, my another little brother in spirit, as we talked about Cameron, uh, Cam, uh, uh, Troy's son, Zach, who uh, had his first uh, varsity wrestling uh, match uh, yesterday. 
That's awesome, bud. To, to the pool family, we love you guys. Uh, let's see. Ryan Spencer says, when will they release the minor league schedule? Ryan, I believe it's already out. The rosters aren't, of course, but the schedule is. Quinn says, Mr. Nepotism pitching coach leaving will instantly make Dakota Hudson the next Nolan Ryan. That'd be, that'd be amazing. Uh, but Dakota Hudson's terrible. Now, it's worth mentioning, and um, real fast before I get to Kyle Eden's question, uh, it's worth mentioning that part of the reason, and this is something that they talked about last night on the dais, and I'm glad that they got into it, although I don't think they got into it enough, is Jake Woodford is the test subject for Dusty Blake. They wanted him to change his slider, right, to work on his slider, the release point, the, the motion, making sure it matched up with the fastball, and he did. And while he did have success last year in 2021 and uh, in limited action at the beginning of 2022, we saw a different pitcher at the end of 2022. That slider was a different pitch. Uh, so for me, my hope is that Dakota Hudson kind of follows through. Now, Dakota doesn't necessarily need to, to tweak his slider or tweak his sinker. He needs to get better command. He needs to work quicker. We know these things. But hopefully we can see some type of gain with Dakota, similar to what I believe we saw with Jake Woodford. And I believe we saw some substantial gains with Jake Woodford. Uh, you know, for me, and I know it's not this way for the Cardinals or for anybody, but Woodford would be uh, higher on the pitching, starting pitching uh, depth chart at this point. Like, Woodford deserves a real chance. And I think if the Cardinals will do well, uh, uh, and, you know, I've, I've kind of been a doubter in the past, but the picture that I saw at the end of the 2022 season was different. I'm not saying he's special. I'm not saying he's going to be a huge contributor. But there's something a little bit more there than what we've seen in the past out of him watching all of those minor league games. So, uh, yeah, look, you know, take it one step at a time. Uh, but uh, uh, anyways, I just say, like, as we talk about Dakota Hudson and Nolan Ryan, like, hopefully uh, Mr. Blake's influence uh, ends up paying off for Dakota Hudson. Uh, Kyle Eden over on YouTube says, got Arby's for dinner tonight. That should put enough extra money in Bill DeWitt, uh, Bill DeWitt's coffers to go get Correa, Turner, and Rodon, right? Hey, look, uh, the problem is Arby's is keeping their prices down, so I don't know if it's going to do you any good. Uh, uh, you got to go to a – but, yeah, look, it should. How much did you get? How many euros did you eat, boy? How was that hole just completely blown out? Uh, I'm sure that that anus of yours is hardly standing. Uh, it's hardly intact anymore. Clayton says, go Hawks. I love it. Uh, do you think Doug Armstrong should sign Adam Wainwright? Quinn says, yeah, I do. Uh, Graham says, one out of a Correa turn of Brogarts is the most necessary target for the cards since Harper. Couldn't agree more, Graham. You know where I stand. I think that they really missed the boat on a Harper. And I think that uh, one of those three would make a difference similar. Remember when Jake Woodford was just the guy who made Cincinnati have a, con a conniption fit? Absolutely. Hey, Andres, what's up, bud? Kyle, will Zach Thompson ever start for a big league club? Uh, I don't think so. I think at this point, especially with the thin as the Cardinals' depth is from the left side in the bullpen, I think he's pretty well set as a uh, as a full time. Um, I, I'm sorry, as a full time left-handed reliever, maybe as a multi-inning reliever here and there. Okay, so Jason Na uh, Jason Napier over on YouTube asks Jordan Walker on opening day, and this is one of the questions that we got to at the beginning of the the segment, the beginning of pad that I knew would take a little bit longer. Uh, so I didn't want to get to right away. But let me tell you my thoughts about Jordan Walker. If he earns it, if he pushes his way on, then that's fucking awesome. Good for the Cardinals. Good for Jordan Walker. The Hearing John Moselak call Jordan Walker the wild card or whatever the fuck he called it in the um, the Rosenthal article, the, uh, you know, the, the unknown quantity, that's the way they need to keep it going into spring training. Uh, they, they don't rely on him. Like, 
Don't think of him as somebody who's going to come in and have an immediate impact. I don't think there's any guarantee that he will. I think he has. A, I think he will be a very, very, very good major league player. He obviously has the potential to be something extremely special. Uh, but baseball is different now. Guys kind of get rushed, which means that they get exposed quicker. We saw that with Nolan Gorman. How he adjusts is going to be the key. You know, what happens when he just gets peppered with pitches low and outside and he gets frustrated at the strike zone and he starts swinging wild at pitches out of the zone? If he does that, the question is, will he do it? And we have no guarantees. I've seen him do it at the minor leagues, so I think there's reason to believe he'll do it in the major leagues, but you just don't know. You don't know. And also the major leagues is such a different pressure cooker. You know, talking to players, talking to coaches, uh, something I've been fortunate enough to be blessed with the opportunity to have over the last couple of years. It's a different world. Uh, the, the mental side of the game and it separates the, the haves from the have-nots. And he is a mentally tough kid. And I have no, I, no doubt that he's going to be able to survive that, but it's going to take time. So does he make the opening day roster? I would say in one of two situations, the worst case scenario where a bunch of people ahead of him get hurt, or he is Albert Pujols ready. And that's not just hitting the ball hard when he hits the ball hard. That's showing the whole game uh, from top to bottom. I'll tell you right now, the kid who was out in the outfield in both the Arizona Fall League and uh, in Springfield at the end of 2022 is not ready to play the outfield. Now, that doesn't mean at the major league level. That doesn't mean he's not going to be ready uh, come the opening day. That's a lot of reps between now and then. But uh, he's going to have to show that he's he's ready for that and ready for it in a big way. Uh, he's going to be on the opening day roster, in my opinion. Uh, Quinn says, so Jordan Walker is the next usual. Yeah, that's right, Quinn. That's, you know, at this point, uh, you know, it's so funny, like, over all of these years, think about all of the information I've given, all of the warnings I've given, all of the, the the positives. Like, I've been right about so much. And that's not to, like, stroke my ego. That's not to, like – but it is – it's a fact. And that's not that's not a negative. That's not, like, a hateful thing. But it's an absolute fact. And I just wish people would listen to me a little bit more when it comes to prospects. Like, there aren't a whole lot of people who watch five to seven minor league games a night. And, you know, or three, three minor league games a night – five to seven nights a week. Like I, I know these kids pretty well, you know, and sure things, things happen. You know, you never know when Randy Rosarina is going to eat chicken and rice and do 200 pushups every night. You never know when Hennessy Cabrera is going to lose feel the little feel that he has. Like you just don't know how these things are going to work, of course, but we should be adjusting and we should be listening because like, you know, when I hear people gripe about Dylan Carlson, you know, keep in mind, he hurt his hammy in May. He dealt with the wrist injury for the last two months of the season, and he was still a league average run producer. Now, he was terrible in the second half. No way of getting around that. He needs to get better as a left-handed hitter. But for years leading into the 2020 season, and by the way, the COVID season in 2020, when he was kind of thrust into action at the major league level, never really got more than like 150 plate appearances or 200 plate appearances at AAA as a 21-year-old, uh, and then is – an everyday starter at the major leagues, like who had trouble with the change up in the major leagues and change how he swung the bat left-handed. Like we knew back then in 2019 that it was going to take him three, maybe two to two to four years to really get his legs underneath him. And there's no accounting for what was happening uh, in 2020. So I just want people to remember that, you know, I, I, it's not, it's not easy. There's time that needs to be developed. There needs to be, there's time needed for development. There's patience that's needed. Uh, and sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. 
But just because a player is what they are, like think about Lars Newbar. You know, Lars Newbar was a non-prospect before COVID, and he turned himself into a prospect during COVID. And then after he made his major league debut in the offseason between 2021 and 2022, he put in all the work, spent the money, went to driveline, redefined himself once again as a hitter. And now no one wants to trade him, and every team wants to trade for him. So it takes time, and everybody's on a different timeline, and everybody needs different amounts of work to get to where they, they're capable of being. Uh, Graham says, is there a player that comes to mind as comparison for Juan Yepes offensively? No, look, I mean, I think Alan Craig, I think that that's an easy, lazy one. I think that there's some of that, you know, uh, something like that. You know, I don't think he's, you know, again, I always try to find a cardinal comparison because I think it's the easiest thing to do. And I don't know the league as well as I used to know the league. But, you know, I don't think he's got uh, that that David Freeze potential power. You know, I, I think he's something more along the lines of what we saw out of Alan Craig. Quinn, I'm not answering questions about Bobby Bonilla, but yeah, like, so you're saying the Cardinals need to sign Bobby Bonilla. That is exactly it. Cardinals should shine to ground so he can terrorize 18-year-old Jordan Walker in Palm Beach. How come Dylan Carlson was awesome in the minors but is so boring in the majors? He, he's always been kind of a boring player, honestly. <laughs> Quinn says Dylan took 850 plate appearances with bases loaded in 2020. I think you're right, bud. Okay, so uh, over on YouTube, I need some beer. Hold on. Uh, Ryan Spencer says, sure, Twitter blows, but without it, I wouldn't know about the cocaine bear. How awesome is cocaine bear? God, I love it. Uh, our good friend Nick Danneberger says, I don't see why signing a big shortstop is such a bad thing, considering none of the outfielders or starting pitchers have big, long deals. Look, I'm with you. I'm, I am 100% with you. Uh, especially, like, as we talk about, as I believe, that protection in front of Arenado and Goldschmidt is important. Like, Turner fits that role. Bogarts fits that role. Correa fits that role. Like, and, and they're all in a relatively young place. Like, I, you know, the thing about Trey Turner that's dangerous is some of his value is built on speed. Speed's one of the first things to go. But Trey Turner's a great player. And, again, like you talk about outfield, put Trey Turner out in the outfield. If you feel more comfortable with Tommy Edmund at short, put Trey Turner out in center if Dylan Carlson falters or you think Dylan's better in right and Lars falters or O'Neal can't stay healthy and you can kind of move him around. Like, Trey Turner also gives the Cardinals another thing that they covet if they were to trade for him. And that – is versatility along with all of the other things that he brings to the table, including being a winning baseball player uh, who brings a winning culture with him uh, uh, and also makes the team better in so many different ways and changes the whole dynamic of the whole lineup. So yeah, look, look, I'm with you. Uh, I want, but I'm also like, I also won't be fully upset if they don't sign one of those guys. Uh, but I'm also uh, have very little expectations and I, I, I'm also less of a fan now and more of a, a prognosticator blowhard than I've ever been. So, you know, keep that in mind, but you're right. Like I know I will say, I think that not having money wrapped up in starting pitching after next year, after this season, this coming season is also one of those things where you would also want a little financial flexibility because really on the, in the pipeline starting wise, all you really have, I mean, if you want to be realistic about it, because more than likely McGreevy, if he's a major leaguer, he's going to be a Dakota Hudson or, a, 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 you know, a Dakota Hudson type. Uh, uh, maybe he ends up being a reliever. I don't have much faith in Mouts. Like, he's not he's not my favorite. I think that there's a reliever there. I think Austin Love is a reliever. I think Donis Rodriguez is a reliever. As of now, at the end of 2022, I think that a lot can happen in between 2022 and 2023, and that's worth keeping in mind. But I think McGreevy and Tink Hentz are really the only two pitchers that haven't made a major league debut that you feel somewhat comfortable projecting as – valuable starting pitchers down the line. 
Uh, uh, and again, like there's some other guys there. Maybe Paniagua is more than Angel Rondon. Uh, maybe he's he maybe he's he's more like what they think Michael McGreevy was. Maybe Michael McGreevy will find his velocity and get a better fastball. Maybe that'll happen with Matthew Libertor. You know, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. But I, I think that it also makes a lot of sense to hold on to some of this cash as you enter next season, uh, because you know if they don't resign Michaelis, which I I just Mike, Michaelis feels like a cardinal to me. I, I unless he's asking for a huge contract, I and he might be after coming off of the 2022 season. But uh, like I can't imagine them not bringing Michaelis back at this point. Anything can happen during the season, but he seems like an extension candidate to me. Um, you know, I, I we'll see what happens with Jordan Montgomery. I wish they dish him while he still has value. You know, I uh, I signed Degrom. That's what I would do. But yeah, like I'm I'm with you. But Nick, like to me, if you're talking about spending money, I I, I personally believe if you're talking about shortstop or starting pitcher, uh, I'd rather them spend money on a top end starting pitcher. Uh, but they're not going to do that, so uh, it's not even worth talking about. Uh, Corey Dobbs says, yeah, I never understood any infield issues. We need pitching. Uh, I agree. Uh, Nick says, it's more about the available bats over the available pitchers and outfielders. I understand. Seth Conrad says, Corey Dickerson, and then laughs. Uh, Nick Danneberger says, I really hate that they're getting away with this. Oh, we only have $20 million to spend. Uh, yeah, uh, Nick says, if Bellinger has anything, the Dodgers would have kept him, right? Uh, I do think that there's some truth to that. And I think that maybe they thought that they could still re-sign him. Uh, but yeah, look, I think I think fans like Bellinger's a fun name. And he definitely has the stats to prove that when he isn't shifted against, he's a more valuable left-handed hitter than 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 he is currently. But I'm anxious to see how teams adjust to the the, the shift because we're gonna see the outfielders move to uh to compensate for how the infielders can't move. And that's gonna be a fascinating transition. I think people think that all of a sudden he's gonna be He's going to uh, – he and Matt Carpenter and guys guys like that who are known – Joey Gallo, uh, who have a perceived value decline because of the shift, are all of a sudden going to regain all of their value. I think they'll regain some of it, but I think it's not going to be as much as people think. You know, it's funny. Like, all of the stats from the minor leagues show that shift or not, the amount of balls put in play are pretty much the same. So I don't think – I you know, sure, Bellinger is a more accomplished hitter than your average minor leaguer. Uh, as is Gallo, as is Matt Carpenter, of course, no doubt. But I think it's kind of crazy to think that all of a sudden it's going to change in this big way. It's not. They'll find ways to adjust to it. There's no doubt about it. And to think that they won't is to completely ignore the trends. of Oh, my God, the trends of baseball. Mr. Jason Hicks. Oh, my God, this makes me so happy. I'm so glad we did pad. <laughs> Mr. Hicks, I raise my glass of booze to you. We're not doing bourbon tonight. Uh, I feel like going and getting a jello shot to the Hicks family. I love you guys. I miss you. I hope you're doing well. Happy holidays uh, to the king of prospects after dark, Jason Hicks, the queen, Jennifer Hicks, uh, Jordan, the whole family, the Hicks, uh, the Hicks passe. We raise our glass. I love you guys. That's awesome. See, this gets me going for pad. Ah, now I'm fired up. I did not expect to have you in here. I don't, I just, um, this makes me so happy. You guys made my you have made my night. Uh, Quinn says, should the Cardinals try to extend Jack and Monty this year? Like, I want them to sign. I would love to for them to work on something with a short term deal with Jack Flaherty. Probably won't happen. I don't really care about Montgomery, honestly. I he's a good, dependable pitcher that I think people flipped out over, and then he started throwing his four C more, and everybody kind of hit it. Uh, that's not. He's going to be really, really good. Uh, but you know, I, I, to me, like. I would still try to work something out with Jack Flaherty if you could, but you probably can't. 
Quinn says, Graceppo, 2023 NL Rookie of the Year. I'm going to say no, and the reason is because they're going to end up pigeonholing him into a bullpen role. And every time we do pad between now and then, if we do pad between now and then, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, will he ever get a chance to start. Yeah, like Quinn says, they can still shift quite a bit, just not as much. And that's what's getting lost in the whole, you know, uh, banning the shift debate. Team STL over on YouTube says, I would love Brantley. He would... uh, he would ASD a bat similar to when we got Beltran if he stayed healthy. Yeah, it's all about staying healthy. Look, I am I am pro Michael Brantley. And if you can get him on a cheap one-year deal coming off of that sh- the season-ending surgery, the season-ending injury, then yeah, look, I love it. Uh, but like Corey Dobbs, the next question said, the next comment over on YouTube says, Burleson didn't get a chance. Yeah, I think that that needs to go into to effect here. And you know, you want something that's more sure. The Cardinals need something that's more sure. But as the guy who watches the prospects and who understands that a lot of these prospects just need a real chance, a real opportunity, and the Cardinals don't, like, I think that they would do well to give some of these guys an opportunity instead of giving, you know, proven question marks uh, in Bellinger and Gallo and Matt Carpenter. I'd rather them give those at-bats to their internal candidates personally. And then adjust in season if it doesn't work out. That's just where I am. Kyle Eaton says, we all know the Cardinal way is the only play in the middle area and not go for the stars. Yeah, again, we say that, but look, they've traded for Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado in the last five years or whatever it is. And yeah, sure, things had to go exactly right. But, you know, that that's not exactly true. Even like Beltran, sure, Beltran was... Not Carlos Beltran when the Cardinals signed him. Neither was Lance Berkman. But they did sign these guys. And they had really great careers with their short time. Great time. They had really great performances with the Cardinals in their short time when they were healthy. So, you know, I think I think it's frustrating. And I get it. I just I think that we're kind of at the point now where middling doesn't help so much. Uh, Danaber Nick says, will anyone get a real chance given Marmol's loving uh, the matchups? Yeah, if anything, that gives them more chance, right? Like, we saw that last year. Now, again, when you get down to the, the nitty-gritty of September, things change. We, we saw that with, right? So, uh, Adolis Garcia never got a real chance underneath Schilt. Uh, Lane Thomas never got a real chance underneath Schilt. Uh, Justin Williams, again, some of these guys didn't pan out. Or Rosarena. Like, in September, they didn't get a real chance. And that's because September baseball is a whole different thing. It's really tough. But Alec Burleson got more of a chance than any of those other guys did, and it was because of matchups. And Ali Marmol and the matchups made that happen. So there's a better chance with matchups that these guys will get real at-bats than, than the other way. Uh, no doubt about that. Quinn, I don't know what year it is either. Uh, do you think there's a chance DeYoung isn't on the team next year? Um do I think that there's a chance that the young isn't on the team? Yeah, I think it's small. I think it would take a team like the Angels or a team willing to, you know, uh, uh, take on one million of his eight million dollar contract, and it would take the Cardinals to eat seven million of it. I don't think the Cardinals are going to like include him in a th- as a throw-in in a trade to diminish the value of the person coming back just to give cash. Like I don't think that's going to happen. But I think there's maybe a forty percent chance that. Some team needs a shortstop when the shortstop chairs stop shuffling and he finds his way to a team and the Cardinals have to pay most of the contract. Yeah, look, I do think that there's a chance of that. Over on YouTube, Sam Crawford asks, Kyle, how do you see the MLB pitching and hitting coach changes affecting the organization as a whole? Lots was made of Jeff Albert's approach in the minors. Does pitching move that way? 
Look, uh, so Dusty Blake has already kind of, and Tim Levesque is the minor league pitching coordinator. Dusty Blake and Tim Levesque have already already had their thumbprints kind of on what's going on in the minors. So it doesn't really change the minors so much. And Russ Steinhorn is so integral as the, the hitting coordinator for the Cardinals and the minors. And he, you know, he's kind of a Jeff Albert disciple, if you want to go that route, uh, that it really doesn't change so much um, because Steinhorn is still in that role with the Cardinals. It really doesn't change so much what happens at the minor leagues for the Cardinals. Uh, I do think that Turner Ward is more obviously an old school hitting coach, um, which I think is a step back for the Cardinals. I wish I would have been more creative, more inventive in that route. But, you know, Goldschmidt believes in Turner Ward. You know, uh, Ward's been his hitting coach since double A or whatever. Uh, so I'm fine with it. You know, I, I think Brandon Allen is a good uh, uh, assistant hitting coach. He understands the metrics. The player, even though he's kind of a quiet guy, the players that have gone through Memphis love him. Uh, so, and he has major league experience. So I think that's good. Uh, I think, I think that other than bringing in Matt Holiday, and we'll see how that goes, because when you hear Matt Holiday talk, he's very upfront about not understanding how any of the metrics work, really. Uh, uh, and that bothers me, but he's a bench coach, luckily. So hopefully he doesn't have to fuck with that side of it. But aside from that, it's just more of the same. It's more promoting from within. So uh, yeah, sure, Dusty Blake is a fundamental difference from Mike Maddox, but he already has his fingerprints on the organization. He'll have a more prominent role. He'll be able to assert himself a little bit more, so that'll change. Uh, and same goes for Turner Ward. Hopefully he stays the fuck out of Russ Steinhorn's business because Russ is fucking good at what he does. Tiger Peterson is good at what he does. So hopefully they leave those fucking guys alone and let them do their thing uh, because if he tries to fuck with that, then he's an idiot, uh, regardless of how much major league experiences he has, how much Goldsmith respects him. Um, no doubt about that. Uh, Matt Lang says, no, Zalak and DeWallet never do anything, Kyle. I love it. Uh, the Return of the King. Hello, Matt Wright. Uh, welcome to Prospects After Dark. I need a drink, and we're running out of booze. I should have brought the real booze. We've been at it for an hour, fam. Quinn says, I know you don't care about the Hall of Fame much, but do you think Beltran gets 5%? I do think Beltran gets 5%. I think it'll be like 6%. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, Corey Dobbs says, Glasnow, please. Yeah, I'm on board for it. Uh, Grave Einstein. The Grave of Einstein says, Kyle going off right now, off his rocker. Teams need good players to win. What kind of thought process uh, could le even lead you to that? Yeah, you know, uh, it's funny to think. No, look, I know that, that's a, that there's satire there. I know there's sarcasm there. You know, don't get me wrong. Like, it's obvious that better players mean a team wins. And, you know, I'm just doing the same thing that I complain about uh, the 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 people on the radio doing. So you know I'm I'm definitely a hypocrite there. But I think some teams are better suited to sign role players. I think the Cardinals have been in position in the past where a role player would go a longer way, you know, bang for the buck than getting a star. I just think right now they're in the spot where they need to get a true impact bat. I don't think Wilson Contreras is that. I don't know if necessarily know if Murphy or Kirk or Jansen is that. I think Kirk could be that. And of the three, he's the one I trust the most, as crazy as that is, with Murphy second. Uh, but, like, they need dynamic players. And Trey Turner is that. And I know that there's concern with Trey Turner coming off of a down year with the Dodgers. Uh, and I know it's not a move the Cardinals would make. Uh, but we'll see. You know, I, I again, I I know we kind of default to, to to easy analysis, but I I swear I didn't mean it like that. 
Uh, Corey Dobbs, no worries. Ignore us. The info is great. No, you're fine. Uh, Smitty says, make America pleasure themselves again. Yeah, I'm here for you for your pleasure. I am here so that you pleasure yourself. Uh, Jordan Hilton says, where can Ali Marmol grow? Uh, he, I mean, he's only like five foot six, probably from the top of his head up. Um, yeah, you know, look, uh, maybe be a little bit more reactive in the playoffs. I think that there are times like giving Corey Dickerson all of the at-bats was a bad idea. Giving Albert Pools all of the at-bats in the first half was a bad idea. Um, but again, sometimes that's about roster construction. You know, I think he did really good on resting stars, resting the veterans. You know, I think I think he did give young players an opportunity. Um, you know, I, he did. I think he did as well as you can expect with the roster that he was given. Uh, the Grave of Einstein says, so impressive what Roberts and Showalter can do with the highest payrolls in baseball. Uh, but, pardon me, Flat Earth Truther says, I agree that Schilt wasn't good. I'm a big Marmol guy. But there almost seems to be a bigger disconnect between Ali and the front office. There's not. That's, that is 100% inaccurate. Schilt's pitch to contact and defense first seems to be what the front office wanted. Now, make no mistake, Ali Marmol is defense first. Defense is important to this organization. Ali understands that. Now, what Ali understands is, and look, I, I, I'm trying to think, like, so this is tough, right? This is a tough one because there's things I know that I'm trying to be really delicate with uh, because obviously I don't want to, like, overstep. Uh, and there's also, like, a delicate way of putting it. And right now I'm a bull in a china shop. Put it this way. Look, they were both fine. They were both fine with the pitch to contact defense first. Ali Marmol understands, as did Mr. Schilt, that you need guys who can strike people out, especially in the bullpen. That is That was understood. The difference is Mike Schilt was an idiot and went about it the wrong way, and uh, it fucked him in the ass, and th that's, that's where we're at. Um, Marmol, again, going to the public a little bit about it, talking about how important it is, but he's more in line with the front office than anything like uh, right now and we'll see how it goes because there was a time when mr schilt was was also in that boat anybody heading to london wc lee says anybody heading to london next june for the game uh clayton says because of restricting shift more value with left-handed pitching there might be um I, you know i don't know look so i think a lot of people think that the restriction of the shift has more of a weight more of a bearing on left-handed hitters and it does left-handed pitching I, I don't know. You know, like like I said, I watch all these minor league games, and I don't think that the ban on the shift really had much of an impact. Uh, um, the infield shift had more of an had much of an impact one way or the other on left-handed pitching or left-handed hitting. I you know I think it's the same kind of thing. Like as I try to sort it out in my head, I think it, what it might do is a lefty who can strike out a lot of guys. You know maybe doesn't have the same value as they had prior to uh ban on the shift. Maybe, maybe that's the thing, like the strikeout of it all. Um, Brandon Gabler says, what would you trade for Murphy? Again, without knowing what the market is, I, I wouldn't say like, I, I would want to know what I would have to trade for Alejandro Kirk. I would want to know what I would have to trade for Danny Jansen. I would want to know what the A's are looking for. You know, I'm a, you're going to end up looking, Cardinal fans don't like to hear this, but for all three of those guys, you're going to have to overpay because there are a lot of teams and a lot of good teams and a lot of competitive teams that are in the market for a catcher. And there's a lot of catchers out there, which makes this market really interesting to watch. 
and to see it develop. So I guess my thing is I'm if I'm if if Murphy is my guy, if Sean Murphy is my guy, then I know I'm gonna have to overpay for him. So I'm willing to overpay for him. Now I don't know if I'm there. Uh, I, I like Sean Murphy a lot. I think he's a perfect Cardinal. Uh, but like, is that Gorman and Wynn and Pacheco and Graceffo? That seems like a lot for me, but that might be what it takes. Uh, so you have to be ready for that. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I do that. I don't think I would. I think I might do it, but no, but look, that's the kind of trade it's going to take. It's going to take more than people can stomach because it's a lot of years at a cheap price for a guy who is one of the best at his position. So just be ready for it because it's going to be more than any of us are comfortable with. Uh, So imagine how tough it's going to be for the Cardinals who aren't good at doing, giving up more than they're comfortable with ever, whether it be money or players. Cardinal fan 0213 says, what current MLB player coming up in the past, uh, Coming up in the past, can you compare Jordan Walker to? Man, you know, look, again, that's such a tough thing. We've talked about it before. I think Jordan Walker has a chance to be some version of Derek Lee. Derek Lee was a really great player who did a lot of damage, who struggled at first, uh, but then did an incredible amount of damage. Um, I could see maybe something like that. He's not there yet. You know, he's super athletic. If if he ends up, and you know, he's more of a hit before power guy right now, but if he ends up selling out for power, you know, I yeah, I don't know. He's kind of his own little unique beast. You know, we've heard a lot of other big-bodied uh, African-American hitters. You know, we've heard Dave Winfield, uh, uh, as people like that. You know, uh, I, I can't speak to that. I never really got to watch Dave Winfield. I'm 36 years old. That kind of predates me a little bit. You know, I've heard Joe Carter. Uh, uh, again, we're so quick to, uh, to, to, to stereotype based on uh, um, things like that. So, um, you know, I, I, I think that, Derek Lee is is what you would hope for. I think if, if Jordan Walker ends up being Derek Lee, it'd be the most amazing thing on earth. And even if it takes him two years to get there, three years to get there, I think that would be incredible. And again, that's that's the high end. You know, that's that's the elite. Like, there's a 10% chance he gets to be that good. That's very, very tough. Maybe, maybe a 25% chance because he's a pretty special player and a pretty special kid with a pretty special mind to go with this pretty special build in athleticism. Uh, Quinn says, sign Robinson Cano. That's funny. Uh, let's see. Over on YouTube, Corey Dobbs says, I have to sign off because my son wants to wrestle while we listen to Metallica. Important, we will watch a full stream. Go Cards, love Pat. Hey, uh, Corey Dobbs, thank you for being in here. Thanks to all the Pad people. Uh, we love you. Over on YouTube. Uh, about a half an hour ago. Sorry, I'm trying to get caught up. Uh, I'm going to stick to YouTube for a little bit. Sorry, Twitter people. Did you know it is possible for men to get erections and ejaculate after death? You're damn right I knew that. I've been dead for years, and here I am coming everywhere. Cardinal fan 0213 says, maybe the Cardinals should sign John Lester for the next lefty bat. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, hey, X-Girls XYZ says, best adult dating site. Best adult dating site. Best adult dating site. Best adult dating site. Porn bots are back, as GIF says. Uh, GIFs nails it. The porn bots are back. That's how you know that pad is rolling. Again, it was a half an hour ago, and I'm sorry about that, Nico Turk. But over on YouTube, Nico Turk says, safe to say Jack Flaherty has more value to the Cardinals and potential impact than as part of a trade to flip for two, three years of an elite starter. Yeah, look, 
I would say that it's compared to a uh, trade value. Uh, yes, uh, Jack Flaherty has more value to the Cardinals and his upside than what his trade value might otherwise be. Uh, and maybe as part of a deal uh, to to get an elite starter in a trade, maybe he has, uh, that's where his value really is, but I'm not 100% sure. Uh, Bill Bono says, more anus talk, please. Bill Bono, look, I love a good anus. Uh, to your anus, uh, the planet Uranus, but to your specific anus attached to your sphincter between your butt cheeks, to my anus between my butt cheeks, just slightly north of the taint and, uh, uh, you know, kind of east and west of my love handles. I raise my glass to anuses of all types. Now, Nick, Nick speaks my language. This is where Nick and I will always, like, when you put the sentiment aside, Nick says, and this is fascinating, I'm probably in the minority, but Wayno should have retired so the Cardinals could sign Rodon. And I'm with you. Like, but I still think Wayno's good. I still think he has plenty left in the tank. But it is fascinating that really this all comes down. And if people want to talk about Matt's and his measly $11 million contract, even for 100 innings or whatever, like, that's nothing. That's not That's not cost prohibitive. Like, it's whatever. It's nothing. Uh, but really, it kind of comes down to if Wayno comes back, then it's Wayno. And if Wayno doesn't come back, then the Cardinals do have a chance to go sign an elite starter or a potentially elite starter or a potentially top-of-the-order starter. And Wayno comes back, and that kind of changes their whole dynamic. They can still do it. They still have the potential. They'd have to shuffle some things around behind them. But uh, – yeah, like that's that's kind of what it is, whether people want to admit it or not. Uh, Matt Lang over on Twitter, sorry, I said I was going to get on YouTube, says, I like Michael Brantley. Also, I think Carlson is going to surprise impatient people next year. Again, he just needs to be the, the version of himself that we saw in 2021, just with a little bit more consistency. If he can stay, if he can get back to that 10% above league average uh, uh, run producer and also continue to make gains and feel more comfortable on the left side of the box, then that's fine. That's fine. And, and play a really good defensive center field, not an elite defensive center fielder, but a really capable defensive center field, then they're fine with that. You become like a three-war player, two, you know, two-five, three-war player, like, boom, maybe a little bit more than that, boom, you're good, fine. That's that's all they need from him. And that, when I say that's all they need from him, that is a huge fucking ask. Those players don't grow on trees. League average players don't grow on trees. And even in his down 2022 season, he was a league average. Keep that in mind as a run producer. So I do think, I think that he's kind of in this boat now where people will be displeased with him no matter how good he is. And I hope he's fine with that. Like, I hope he's over that. I hope he's through that. Um, so I think that that kind of works against him because he's, you know, he might not ever be Nick Markakis like I thought he would be or Andre Ethier. He might be a rung below that. Um, but yeah, look, he's he's a talented player who deserves all of the benefit of the doubt, um, and and he's a Cardinal starting center fielder for the foreseeable near future. Uh, okay, back over to to YouTube. Uh, Jeff Niehaus says, "Shit, I got here late." Super hearts to you, Kyle. To you, Jeff, for all the super hearts that none of us understood or quite understand, uh, and also the red cooler that I'm staring at in the kitchen that has your organs and beer in it. I'm all out of booze. Uh, Kyle Eden says, it's cute that you think they would have signed Rodon and not Chris Archer or Rich Hill. 
Uh, let's see. The Grave of Einstein says, where do you think the Cardinals farm system ranks against other farm systems? I always think that they get underrated, but I'm stupid as hell, so I don't know. Grave Einstein, I'm stupid as hell. Let me tell you that I thought that last year they were super underrated entering the 2022 season. Now, because a lot of those guys, Yepes, Donovan, Gorman, uh, Libertor to a lesser degree, Palante, a lot of those guys have graduated. I think that they're actually a little overrated. Now, a lot can happen, right? Uh, Austin Love could take a huge step forward. Uh, uh, Michael McGreevy could take a huge step forward. The three uh, pitchers that they selected in the, you know, uh, Jerpy could be what I think Jerpy is, which is a first half of the rotation starter. Um, you know, Hanson and uh, Bryson Mounts, both of those guys could take huge step forwards. And we could be talking about more than what they are, but they aren't that now. I, I think that they have a pitching deficiency. And I think that that hurts them. Uh, they're they're making strides. Like Max Rachick, the sixth round pick. Keep an eye on him. Alec Willis, positive reports from uh from uh, uh the backfields and from the prying eyes of fans. Positive reports during 2022. Those guys are very important. And if they can get those guys, get a little bit more production. Uh, uh, Ian Bedell, if he can stay healthy. Griffin Roberts, if all of a sudden he can discover some of his command. They have they have potential there. But without the arms that seem like clear-cut major leaguers uh, that, I mean, a lot of these starters have the upside of the of being a reliever. Uh, and if anything could happen again, anything could change. Like, without that, like, I think they're kind of appropriately ranked now. I don't think that they're, they're underrated as we speak. I think they might be just a little overrated on the national scene, which is deserved because of how underrated they were entering the 2022 season. Jeff Niehaus says... Brantley is the Alex Reyes of outfielders. I love that. Uh, Kyle Eden says, to shift from my, neg my negative comments, is there an off-the-radar trade you'd like to see them make? No. You know, like, without knowing what's out there, I can't say. I would – look, I think that the cost for relief pitching is through the fucking roof. So I'd like to see them, you know, on the free agent market. So I'd like to see them identify a reliever or two, uh, maybe a righty and a lefty, maybe just a lefty that can come in and make an immediate impact. That isn't on the radar somewhere. That's like that's what I'd be focusing on if I was the front office. Matt Stromer says, I think wearing blue caps on the road full time would lead to a better win percentage. Yeah, no doubt about it, Matthew. You know, I'm Matt, you know, I'm on the same board there. Nick says he's a gold glove catcher, Murphy. Just think about all the value saved Yachty gave them through the years. Time to cash that in. Yeah, but you know, they were paying Yachty quite a bit. And Yachty hasn't really been effective since 2018. So, like, as we talk about replacing Yachty, you're you're really trying to replace 2018 Yachty. You're not not 2019 or 2020 or 2021 or 2022. Like, you're four years removed from Yachty being Yachty, you know, when you really think about it. In 2019, you, maybe you want to say three years, but you're three years removed from, from that. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, think about all the value saved. I, I don't necessarily know if I know what, what you mean by value saved. I, I'm sorry about that. I and maybe you can elaborate on that. We can we can have a more thorough conversation. I'm sorry about that, Nick. Uh, Nick also says over on YouTube, uh, Fred McGriff, again, like, so the thing about Fred McGriff is for a really long time, nobody in baseball was hitting more home runs than Fred McGriff. And he pretty much did that from the moment he made his major league debut. And I, uh, I have, like, I don't think he's going to necessarily be that. Now, over a career, when we look back on his career, yeah, like, again, that is the elite. You know, Fred McGriff is a he's one of those guys who isn't a Hall of Famer, but he's one of those guys who receives a, a Hall of Fame votes. 
that's probably not Jordan Walker. Like that's not to diminish what Jordan Walker has, but that's probably not Jordan Walker. Let's not let's not get there yet. That's why I like the 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 Carlos Lee or the uh, 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 the um, Derek Lee, like both of those guys. He could be some combination of those two. I think he's in that realm, which, again, people will undervalue the fuck out of when we say this. But when he's actually in your lineup in two years, you're like, that fucking guy is really fucking good. Uh, I like Michael Brantley. Also, I think Carlson is going surprised. Quinn says, Ali Marmol and Paul Goldschmidt were both 35 this season. How funny is that? uh clayton uh my friend clayton says you have a face for audio and radio i couldn't agree more we talk about it all the time uh quinn says mlb network thought griffin robertson could be a major leaguer a month after he was drafted no quinn they thought on draft night that he would make it to the majors quickest and that he had a potential to pitch right the fuck away uh and they're idiots and i fucking hate them for it flat earth truther says over on youtube with tommy Edmonds' nice season and current value what would you consider trading him if the cardinal signed a shortstop yeah, I would, but I also don't necessarily think it makes the Cardinals better. I think it would just depend on what their their return would be. But and you know the thing about him is he's cheap, just entering arbitration, so it'd be really hard to trade him uh, and get like likewise value from him. But one of the things I talked about with our birds on the black trivia, our uh, uh, trivia, our birds on the uh, no, not even birds on the black. Let me get some water. Hold on. One of the things we talked about. In the Prospects After Dark Fantasy League, which is not anything like what I was trying to say a second ago, uh, was I think it would be fascinating if they did sign Trey Turner and trade Tommy Edmond for a starter or something else. Like, I think that would be fascinating because some team is going to overvalue him because of his defense that, you know, other than the Cardinals uh, for his defense. And it would just be a really fascinating thing. But Edmonds in the same boat as Newfar, just one year further down the line, or maybe two years further down the line. Like, He's too cheap and too valuable and does too many things that are important to a successful winning team to be traded for anything more than uh, something that's going to uh, uh, make them absolutely better. Sarah tells me to take my shirt off. Absolutely not. Uh, Jordan, but you look, this is like a reintroduction. And if we get to do pad more, the shirt will come off, I promise. And by the way, this is the shirt that the Helsley family sent me. We love the Helsleys. They're awesome. Uh, this is the Cherokee word for Cardinals. Or, uh, it's actually the Cherokee word for uh, two birds. Uh, and I'm, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it because I'm going to ruin it. And I'm sorry about that. Uh, and then on the back, it has Ryan's name. Uh, and that is also in the Cherokee for Ryan's name. And uh, it's awesome. And I love it. And uh, I'm just a really lucky guy. Just a really fucking lucky guy is what I am. Jordan Joe says, if wins balls out in spring, if win balls out in spring training and early in the season, sorry, Twitter, uh, even though he won't make the big league club, how far down the list of shortstop utility options does he lie? Look, uh, you know, Mason Wynn is not major league ready. He's getting there. We talked about it at the end of the year. He's getting there. Remember, 21-year-old who is now in this new phase of minor league development where players are getting rushed to the major leagues a little bit. Uh, I want them to be as cautious with him. Uh, so for me unless he's hitting the ball 120 miles an hour off the bat and making plays in the field that he otherwise wouldn't make, uh, I would like for that to be way down. I would like for him to get a full season at AAA. I think that would benefit him. I think it would benefit the Cardinals. I think that those at-bats are incredibly important. Those reps are incredibly important. But I think the reality of the situation is if the Cardinals don't bring in a middle infielder uh, that and he shows in spring training that he's made huge gains, and again – 
he doesn't need to make huge gains. He just make, needs to make incremental gains. But if he makes those huge gains and it looks major league ready, then I would suspect that if either Donovan or, you know, depending on what's going on in the middle infield, Donovan or Gorman or Edmund, if any of those guys have to miss substantial time, uh, that Mason Wynn might be the, the guy that they go to or the guy, you know, uh, right after the guy for, from the Indians that they traded, whose name I can't remember right now. Sam Nelson says, love you, Kyle. How is Freddie Pacheco looking for a role next year? You know, we did talk about Pacheco a little bit at the beginning of the year, at the beginning of Prospects After Dark here, an hour and 27 minutes in, and we are still going. Uh, I might go get a jello shot here in a second. Um, but uh, uh, I think that the Cardinals owe it to themselves, especially if they're not going to look outside the organization to bring in anybody to enter spring training, giving Freddie Pacheco the righty with the slider fastball combo that plays really well off of each other every opportunity to make the bullpen out of spring training. Uh, they, he's on the 40, man. There's no reason to fuck around with it. Uh, <laughs> Sarah says, damn it, I didn't come here to listen to you talk about baseball. I want a refund. Uh, you'll have to go to Cardinals Gifts for that. Meet you, meow, hey, meet me unusual, says, what is the biggest expected um, What is the biz- biggest expected contribution that Matt Holiday will make? Now, for me, you know, I think, Having it being an ear for the younger players, you know, not not asserting himself, uh, but being a uh, an ear for the younger players about how to be a major leaguer. I think that is. But my hope is with the bench coach role that his biggest contribution to the Cardinals is not to the players necessarily, but to what he does does and what he what he what he's capable of doing for Ali Marmol. Ali and Skip Schumacher had a great relationship. That's the toughest thing about Skip going and being the manager of the Marlins now, getting that job with the Marlins, is I think it really hurts the Cardinals' ability. And, and you know, it's, it's like Marmol losing a lieutenant. Now, we do know that Marmol and Matt Holliday are incredibly close, and that's awesome. But I think that sometimes, like, we focus on the players all the time. And I think the bench coach's role is to be there for the manager. Uh, and to help coordinate from the manager's perspective. And that's what I want. I want to see Matt Holliday uh, have a similar relationship when the camera pans that Skip Schumacher had with Ali Marmol. I think that is as important as anything that a bench coach can do for a player. And I also like, especially because he doesn't seem hands-on with with advanced analytics. Uh, he doesn't, he's been very forward, which I appreciate about saying that he doesn't understand it uh, as well as he would like to. I don't doubt that he's going to click onto it when he fully invests himself into it. But I don't want that around the young players. I, I don't want that. That's not that's not great. I want him to be there as a support system for every player and, and how he's needed. That That's my view on it all. Uh, Matt Parker says, what is Graceffo's MLB comp? And from his play so far, can you make a rough guess on his ceiling and floor in the MLB? Matt Parker, his ceiling is the best pitcher in the history of baseball. His floor is the worst history, worst pitcher in the history of baseball. The ceiling and floor comment is just talk for pundits on websites and blogs to try to get clicks. Uh, uh, so with that in mind, look, Graceffo is a high-octane righty who in the minors might not be striking out as many as you would hope, but he has every chance to be something like Ryan Helsley, just to keep it simple, to keep it close. Uh, he has more potential than Helsley did, in my opinion. And I was always the high guy on Ryan Helsley. So it's just a matter of how he's used. Like, if he ends up going straight to the bullpen like Helsley did, first off, the Cardinals fucked up again, just like they fucked up with Helsley. Uh, just like they kind of fucked up with Jordan Hicks, too, but that's a whole different story. Um, that means that they they pitch and hold him to a relief role more, more than likely. And I hate that. I don't like that. So it doesn't really matter what his comp is. He's going to be a back end of the bullpen type arm when it's that time. 
Uh, it might take him a couple of years, like it took Kelsey a couple of years, but uh, you know, he'll get there eventually. Now, as a starter, he has a chance to be a somewhat innings eating middle of the rotation starter. Uh, you know, his fastballs, his fastball plays up a little bit. He's got a couple of good breaking pitches. He doesn't throw his changeup enough. And then when he started throwing it at the end of the year there, it looked really good. So it just, it's hard to say what his MLB comp is because what the fuck is an MLB comp, you know? And again, I want to say what the fuck with that type of attitude. I don't mean that like directed at you. It's just like, like we start talking about MLB comps and just to be a major league baseball player is tough. To even make a debut is so tough. And then we start comparing on the players and it ends up pigeonholing and it ends up making it tough. So that's why I always try to keep it in the Cardinal realm because I think that gives it a little bit more perspective. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that he can be a really good, you know, um, maybe, and again, this isn't fancy, but maybe Edwin Jackson type starter uh, for if you're looking for a realistic type comparison to Gordon for Gordon Graceffo. He has the potential to be way more than that, way more than that. He could be completely special. That's where I am. That's where I think he is. But we'll see. Remember, this is a kid who was just drafted a year ago in 2021, who uh, has worked tirelessly to get himself to a point where he is a top prospect in an organization and a kid who continues to get better and better and better. And I think he will continue to get better and better and better. He does tip his pitches a little bit, and that's something that is a concern. And I think the big key, especially as he moves up the ladder, will be to continue to refine uh, his motion so that he doesn't do things like that. But keep in mind that even with tipping pitches, he was still a pretty good hit, pretty good minor league double-A pitcher. Cards fan 0213 says, I want Contreras on the Cardinals strictly to piss cup fans off. I'm with you. Like, that would be an amazing thing. I got water. You guys stay here. I'm going to get a jello shot. Oh, God. Oh, I'm so old. I'm so old. Oh, I'm coming back. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. Oh, my God. All right. So, I have been saving this jello shot for a reason that I was unaware of. Uh, it is a slurp shot, it is a peach bottom. And uh, you guys know that you're my little peach bottom girls. So to you, uh, I'm going to take this because this is the longest I've talked continuously in probably like a year or whenever we did pad last. So to you, to Prospects After Dark, Cardinals Gift, to Birds on the Black, to uh, Bitches in the Hoe. Oh, so good. All right, so I'm going to try to get through the comments and then I might end this. Uh, Caleb... Caleb Noble says, Derek Lee was really good. I don't think people understand how valuable a guy like that is. I agree. VHS says, slurp. VHS, I love you. It's nice for you to be here. It makes me happy. I hope you're doing well, bud. You're great. Uh, the Great Vine Center says, we don't really have a lot of talent ready to graduate in 2023. Seems like 2024 will be where the next wave is. Yeah, you know, okay, well, uh, you also said Jordan Walker and Connor Thomas are the non-MLB dudes, I think, in 2023. That's kind of it. No, so let me tell you. Uh, now, again, Pacheco's on the 40-man, but I think you see Pacheco. I think there's Ryan Laudis. I think you see Ryan Laudis. I think there's a good chance that you see Andre Granillo. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, again, you want to dive deep. Don't be surprised if we see Gordon Graceffo. I think there's also a chance that by the end of the year, we see Austin Love. Again, we'll see. I think the Cardinals might put themselves in a position where Michael McGreevy makes, uh, makes a debut in 2023. And I hadn't thought about that. Uh, because it seems fucking crazy to me because I don't think he's anywhere near ready. But I hadn't thought about that until um, uh, Derek Gould said it last night uh, at the, uh, the Q&A with the journos. I think Connor Thomas does make a debut. I think there's a chance that if a catcher gets hurt, then Pedro Pajes makes a major league debut. Um, 
you know, again, I, I, as far as contributors, it's hard to say, but just the Cardinals do, while I'm not as bullish on some of their pitching, the Cardinals do have guys who I could see making a major league debut in 2023, uh, even if they aren't like the highest um, like rated guys on the list, if that makes sense. And, you know, look, I don't think it happens, but I am so bullish on uh, on uh, on Jerpy that I don't think that it's unreasonable to think that by the end of 2023, maybe we're even talking about him making a major league debut. But uh, again, that's that's way down the line, and uh, we'll see, we'll see. But yeah, look, it's you know those guys, and then some other guys, and you know Moises Gomez is also on that list. Uh, Maybe Evan Mendoza, uh, you know, we'll see. But you're right. Like, it's there, there are the really impressive guys are a little bit further down the line. Nick says, Hey, Gary LaRock said he's pools. Ask, I'd rather not rely on that. So, Gary LaRock is a blowhard, and I can't wait for Gary LaRock to leave the organization. That's my thought. I think that Gary LaRock and the way that he evaluates talent internally has hurt the Cardinals, and that's part of the reason why they've traded Cardinals. I think that the scouting staff should be in charge of that because the scouting staff rocks. Hopefully, they're having more of an impact. Uh, uh, over the last couple of years, because uh, honestly, I think the game has passed Gary LaRock by. Um, just me, just me. Whenever I hear that guy talk, I think that guy's lost it. But he did a lot of really great things for the Cardinals, so bully to Gary LaRock. Uh, Jeff Neal says, I want to see your third nipple in whatever you do with your baby Swiss cheese. Uh, that's funny because my third nipple and my baby Swiss cheese habits are one in the same. Uh, meet you at Unusual says, What is next for Mason Wynn? He uh, comes to spring training, gets a chance to impress the big league club, and then starts the year at AAA, almost certainly. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's what we're going to see out of Mason Wynn in 2023. That's what's next. Kyle Hampton over on YouTube says, does knowing the Cardinals got Libertor and Tink Hentz make you feel better about losing Rosarena? Hindsight allowed, uh, would you still make the trade? No, look, I was uh, – so we did pad the night that Libertor – the night after Libertor and Rosarena. And like I said then, I was fine with it because the Cardinals had pitching depth issues. And a, the one thing I was really pissed off about is that Mike Schilt never gave Randy Rosarena a chance in September. The Cardinals had outfield depth. They needed pitching depth. And at least they got a high-rated a high rated prospect in Libertor for it. Now, about that time, I watched all of his minor league starts that were available to me. And I did a write-up where I was kind of like, I'm not sure if this guy is it. He has fastball issues and command issues and control of his emotion issues. Uh, and I'm not sure if he's it, but he's still young and we'll see. And then 2020 came and there was no minor league baseball. And then 2021 came and AAA was there. Now, that's all to say I've never really been as big of a Matthew Libertor guy, even though I've tried to stay as unbiased as possible in doing my rankings. So I'm not like having Libertor has very, very little to do. What for like very little importance to me. How about that? Uh, what I will say is I think that sometimes we get lost as fans on grading trades with hindsight. Uh, and I think that that's a goddamn shame. I think it's a shame that we are always talking about, oh, they shouldn't have made this trade um, years later. And I think we lose perspective. To me, a trade grade should be the whole spectrum. It should be what a team had when the trade was made and how things turned out. And yeah, look, it hasn't turned out for the Cardinals, the Randy Rosarena trade uh, at all, but the Cardinals have robbed some teams along the lines and that's just how it works. That's the price of doing business. You're going to swing and miss a lot. So 
even knowing that I'm not a big Libertor fan, uh, even knowing that I'm not 100% sure he's ever going to be anything more than what we've seen, I'm still not mad about that trade. Tink Hens aside, you know, Markevian aside, uh, it's about keeping perspective on the whole thing for me. And at the time, it made all of the sense in the world, uh, especially with how the manager was using him, because the manager did a poor job of using him. And that's, that is something that will haunt the Cardinals. Uh, it's also worth mentioning, again, as Derek Gould mentioned in the Q&A last night, that Randy put on all that strength during COVID and it allowed his power to shine. And without his power to shine, he's a fourth outfielder. So without COVID, he probably is a fourth outfielder, just like we kind of thought he would be. We thought he'd be a starter for three to five years and then maybe spend another four years as a as a roving fourth outfielder somewhere. So look, uh, like I kind of try to view things in the moment and with hindsight and to think about the landscape of the team at the time. And because of that, like, I'm not as caught up in it. It doesn't It doesn't really aff affect me one way or the other. Jeff Neal says, you better not have any beer left in my organ, my organ cooler. So I do have one 120-minute uh, dogfish head. That is in the back of my fridge, and I can't decide when I'm going to drink it yet. Oh, hey, uh, Cards Gift says, sipping an old-fashioned cheers, love, to you, my friend. I don't have any booze for you, so it's going to have to be water. By the way, if you ever have an old-fashioned and they muddle, yeah, I suppose Clayton says, uh, hindsight has been in cards' favor way more than it hasn't. So, yeah, that, that's right. Just remember, if you make an old-fashioned and you get to muddling fucking oranges and cherries in there, and you're, you're not making an old-fashioned, you're making a cocktail. And when I say cocktail, I mean like a Slurpee is what you're making. You need bitters, you need simple syrup, and you need bourbon. And then maybe just a little cherry and a little orange that you don't muddle like a dickhead. Uh, and I bring that up because, you know, my girlfriend lives in Charleston, Illinois, and those assholes make, in, in Charleston, make the worst fucking, everything is muddled. You get an old-fashioned at any bar or any restaurant, and they fucking, the drink comes out pink. I've never seen anything like it before. It breaks my heart. And on multiple occasions, I've tried to teach these assholes how to make a real old-fashioned. And you would think that I was teaching them fucking rocket science. You would think that I was teaching them how to run a social media website. It is the most amazing fucking thing. And I just had to get that off my chest uh, as Gifts brings it up because it hurts me. It hurts my heart. And it hurts my heart deep is what it does. But so, okay. So Jeff Niehaus says, uh, don't mind me uh, bust out my pink lemonade beatbox. Yeah, look, those beatboxes are pretty tasty. Again, there's a, a, a the, by the counter, the checkout counter at the uh, the grocery store, those boozy beatboxes. And the pink lemonade's good. Um, a lot of them are really, really fucking good. Get some of those. Uh, the, there's like a tropical punch and a fruit punch. Those are all really good delightful delightful stuff look booze is a great thing that we all should embrace in a very uh, respectful and uh responsible manner the grave of einstein says i know randy flores does his best work in the later rounds of the draft are there any guys in the 2022 draft that there that are looking good already that i should keep an eye on yeah so look we talked about Ma max raychick a lot the righty out of ucla the cardinal sixth round pick i like him so much he uh he throws four pitches None of them are elite pitches, but they all come from the same spot. Uh, you know, he's he's just a really talented kid, a really talented pitcher who we could see, you know, moving up to the majors pretty quick. Again, not deep in the draft. You know, we're not deep in the draft just yet. Yeah, the fourth round pick, uh, Jimmy Crooks, the catcher of Oklahoma. You know, I would, if I'm Cardinal fans, I'd keep an eye on him. 
there's a real chance that Jimmy Crooks could find his way to the Cardinals, very, you know, to the Cardinals organization in just a couple of years. Uh, um, you know, one of the guys who was kind of like, I think they're ninth and tenth round picks, Joe King out of Cal, the righty, and the righty Tanner Jacobson out of, uh, uh, I think at JUCO it might have been. Um, Tanner Jacobson is really interesting because he hasn't done a whole lot of like pitching over the years, but he's a reliever, and I'm really interested in him. Uh, DJ Carpenter out of Oregon State is highly thought of. Uh, uh, he was a uh, oh my god, Carpenter was a 14th round pick, 13th round pick. Oh my god, I can't remember. Uh, no, so Carpenter was a 14th round because a 13th round pick was was Chandler Arnold, who I'm also bullish on, but who I don't think made a major league debut. Uh, after Carpenter was Matt Hickey. Matt Hickey is a like sidearm throwing righty. He's really interesting. Uh, I think that you know the, their last couple picks in the draft, uh, the the 18th rounder John Lynch, um, the lefty. I think he has a chance to kind of be like um, Hayes Heineke or um, oh my God, what's his name? Uh, Gerard, Chris Gerard. He has kind of a chance to be that type of organizational depth. Uh, and then uh, the other guy is the outfielder Chris Rotondo out of Villanova, who was really great, showed slugging and some athleticism on the outfield at Palm Beach. A little old for that level. Uh, I would keep an eye on Chris Rotondo as well. Uh, again, they, they do really well. And again, uh, not, to, not to disrespect Randy Flores, he's great at his fucking job. But remember, it's not just Randy Flores. It's the whole scouting department. The Cardinals scouting department is amateur, is fucking amazing. It's amazing. Those guys are awesome at what they do. Randy Flores gets to be the figurehead, and he deserves it, and he does great work. And sure, maybe they have to kind of key some things in pitching-wise, but they still have guys who are going to be able to contribute at the major leagues, whether it be in the bullpen or temporarily or whatever. And uh, that scouting staff, if I had any booze left, hold on, I'm going to pour my pour what I have left of my Montucky into whatever I have left of the Firestone Walker Mocha Dolce to the, the, the scouting staff of, for the St. Louis Cardinals from top to bottom, you guys fucking rock. To my people, I love you guys. Tori says, finally figured out how to get here for fuck's sake. Uh, cheers, bitches. Uh, L folks, a different breed. Uh, Flat Earth Truther says, uh, you watch Andor? Yeah, I watched Andor. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I, you know, I think that it gets kind of blown out of proportion as being like the best Star Wars thing ever. I think it was really fucking good. I think the acting was incredible. And uh, yeah, look, I really like it. I'm ready for season two. I'm kind of bummed. I wish I just turned it into se three seasons instead of rushing through like four years of work, uh, four years between the end of season one of Andor and the beginning of Rogue One. Like, I wish that they'd turn that into two seasons instead of one season. But I guess if we're going to get 12 episodes, maybe that's enough. I'm just really excited about more. I like Andor a lot. What did you think about Andor Flat, uh, flat Earth Truth? What did you think of Andor? Uh, Waiterade uh, over again. All we're over on YouTube right now. By the way, you can go to Birds on the Black YouTube page to see a live link. Uh, click on that. We're an hour and forty six minutes in. This is crazy. I did not expect this to go this long. Uh, Waiterade says, "Can I declare my love for Cooper Jerpy before he plays a game in Pro Ball Yelk?" I have, and I know some people are down on him, but they're stupid. If you're down on Cooper Jerpy, you're stupid. There's a major leaguer in there. Think about it this way: Cooper Jerpy will be no worse than Dakota Hudson. Just a fact. He's going to be a lot better than Dakota Hudson. So just use that as your baseline. 
You know, last year with their first round pick, they took Michael McGreevy. Uh, think about the difference between Cooper Herpy and Michael McGreevy. Look, I think I, for me, I think Cooper Jerpy is on, like, could be in the majors before McGreevy is. And this is in a time when development is accelerated. So keep that in mind. Tori says, this is just poor planning with the alcohol, Kyle. Tori, I can't help you. Drink more. Are you pregnant? Hey, Tori's pregnant. Congratulations, Tori. Matt Parker, lesser talk. Oh, wait. Did you and that girl have a baby? Which one? That girl you've been dating. Have you been, like, what's the deal there? Matt Parker says, lesser talked about Cardinals prospects that you think will take big leaps next year. Uh, yeah, you know, like, I've really come around to Austin Love. I don't know why all of a sudden I'm so focused on him, but I find myself really focused on him. I think Alec Willis, I think we're going to see Alec Willis become a prospect, like, on the map. You know, uh, again, Max Rachik. Keep an eye on Max Rachik. Uh, LJ Jones is a prospect that people don't talk about enough. You know, he's he's got some serious pop. He might be a defensive liability, but he's got some serious pop that can make a huge step forward. I like a lot of the relievers, right? Andrew Marrero, keep an eye on him. Uh, Andres Granillo, keep an eye on him. Uh, Gianluca Delatre had trouble at AA after he got promoted, but keep an eye on him. I think those guys are interesting. You know, Gustavo Rodriguez is somewhat interesting. I think probably not much there. Uh, Dionis Rodriguez, who I think if he were to be pigeonholed into a reliever role, would probably make it to the majors pretty quick. Um, you know, I think that there's a lot of guys. I I think that that's kind of where the Cardinals butter their bread is in those late, you know, those guys who, who end up coming through. You know, we talked about it on the Worst Fans in Baseball podcast, but I can envision a situation where Nick Dunn makes a major league debut. I don't know if it'll be anything special. I think at best you're hoping for a uh, uh, fucking uh, Greg Garcia, like that's his ceiling. But maybe he makes a major league debut, which would be huge. You know, people aren't talking about Nick Dunn right now. Uh, you know, we talked about uh, Joe, Jacob Bosiokovic, who I'm not even sure if he might be a minor league free agent at this point. I can't say, but that's worth something. Uh, you know, keep an eye on him. Look, um, maybe Griffin Roberts takes a step forward with command like we talked. Um, there, there's uh, some interesting catchers, you know. Uh, Nick Raposo, who has a really good hitting tool uh, and some catching issues that I, I worry about. You know, he could be a guy who takes some steps forward. Um, all of the – Luke and Baker. You know, it's funny. Uh, Jeff Pontus, the incredible prospect guy over at Baseball America, was talking about trying – like. He, he's putting together, he, uh, over at Baseball America, they're putting together some Rule 5 guys to keep an eye on. And they're, they're just adding to the list and adding to the list and adding to the list. And one of those guys is Luke and Baker. And I could see a situation in which Luke and Baker kind of puts it all back together and rediscovers his prospect standing. And maybe even potentially in another organization. I doubt it. But maybe potentially in another organization. So, uh, but hopefully he doesn't get taken. And hopefully you can take a huge step forward. You know, I hope that those are some names. I hope that that helps. Um, you know, uh, as I look over at the list, uh, you know, Victor Scott, I would keep an eye on him, the fifth rounder out of West Virginia in 2022. Tons of athleticism. You know, the Cardinals could use Ryan Holgate, the Cardinals' second-round pick in 2021. The outfielder who was terrible. Uh, Elijah Cabell, another outfielder with some power at Palm Beach. It went back and forth between Palm Beach and the uh, Gulf Coast League. I could see all these guys maybe – taking steps forward. Uh, the Grave of Einstein says, all this old-fashioned talk is giving me PTSD of that one video Mahalo made instructing you how to make it. That makes me sick whenever I see it. I think I know what you're talking about, but I'm not 100% sure. It was terrible. Oh, my God, I'm fangirling. I can't believe I got my pregnancy announcement on pad. That's funny. Uh, she did a redemption video. That's funny, Gift says. 
Uh, Psych, Oakley, the horse is really turning me off from children. Uh, yeah, I got nothing to say to you, Tori. Uh, cooler with cans by your chair, good idea. Or a pitcher of old-fashioned handy. Ha, I said handy. <laughs> That's right, Clayton. Uh, hey, look, a pitcher of old-fashioned goes a very, very long way. Flat Earth Truther says, I loved Andor. I love the sets and the acting. Yeah, me too. I think it's really sweet how Andor winds up inspiring Marva without her realizing. And in return, Marva inspires everyone. Yeah, I'm with you. I love it. I love it. I loved all of that. And, you know, the actress who plays Marva, whose name I'm forgetting right now, she was in Killing Eve. She is just an incredible actress. Uh, what, what a great talent. Uh, Jordan Hilton says, Ian Herrera, who is the cousin of Yvonne Herrera, which is who I'm sure you're asking. No, Yvonne Herrera, look, uh, I think that the, the – look, we know that the Cardinals are searching for a catcher because they know that what they saw out of 2022 out of Yvonne Herrera was not ready for the full-time duty in, in 2023, right? We know that. They know that. So I think that's where it gets really interesting, right? Like, I don't think they necessarily need a long-term option. I don't think that they need to necessarily go all in on Sean Murphy or Wilson Contreras or Kirk or Jansen or whatever if they decide not to. They do have the potential to sign a guy to a one- or two-year deal, whether that be Vasquez or Zunino, as unmiraculous as that is, uh, and give Herrera a little bit more time to see if he's capable of anything more and to see how he develops uh, and then adjust from there if he doesn't develop. Uh, I, look, I've said it before. Avon Herrera has all of the talent in the world. No getting around that. Avon Herrera is an incredibly talented uh, catcher. It's just being a major leaguer is tough. And as tough as being a major leaguer is, being a major league catcher is even more difficult. Uh, being a major league catcher and an NHL goalie are the two hardest things in professional sports. I cannot be convinced otherwise. And uh, that's because it's a fact. Tori says, real talk, what do you think of Contreras' talk? We getting him or no? I'm so curious who will take the reins from Yachty. Tori, I heard that uh, Oakley is going to be the, the heir presumptive behind uh, behind Yachty. Look, I think that there's a chance that it happens. It sounds like the Cardinals are really are interested. Obviously, it's something Contreras is interested in. And other than that, I don't know. I don't know how the chips are going to fall for catcher. Um, I'm anxious to find out. What I'm anxious to do is end Prospects After Dark. We are an hour and 53 minutes into this. That is fucking nuts for not having this in so long. The Aaliyah video was the best. Uh, is that the, tell me with somebody, tell me with somebody, uh, where it was like she's wearing a, like, uh, uh, a studded bikini and half of her face is covered. And uh, God. Yes, yeah, so to Aaliyah, who is dead, we raise our glass. All right, that's all I got. Look, I got nothing else. I'm done. I uh, love that the names are Ian and Ivan. Pretty fun. They just were like, let's name him the same thing minus one letter. Thoughts on future Cardinal Tucker Barnard? That would be the worst. That's So as Andres Fanador, our good friend Andres says, uh, thoughts on future Cardinal Tucker Barnhart. If that ends up being where the Cardinals settle, that would be the disappointment. So just to recap, this offseason, the Cardinals signed Tucker Barnhart, Jose Iglesias, and Kevin Kiermeyer, and they call it done. And I got to tell you, I'd be aggravated as a fan, but I'd love to see the Twitter explosion. That's exactly what I need to see. So if it's that, then it's that. Uh, uh, but again, I am, I, am, uh, uh, <laughs> I am done. That's all that I have. Uh, again, thank you so much, everybody, for being here on Prospects After Dark. Uh, 
Hey, what's up, Rhett? How are you, bud? Sorry, we're ending prospects after dark. But again, so I'm done. That's all I have. I just want to go to bed. I want to drink some tea and put some bourbon in it and go to bed. Uh, but again, uh, it's been a pleasure to do prospects after dark for you again. Uh, two hours of it. Thanks for sitting through the people who sat through. Um, uh, everybody at Birds on the Black, you know, Stu Styles is really the only one who does any work for us. And it's the off season, so he's not doing any work. Um, but when we are clicking on all cylinders, which we haven't done in like two years now, you know, Tara, Tara Nichols and Alex Crisofoli, they do amazing work uh, with the podcast for Chirps. Um, you know, Gifts and Chill do amazing graphic work. Uh, Stu does his thing. Jimmy Ballgame 420, it's my pleasure. Thanks for being here. Ben Saruti, hopefully we can get him writing some articles. Hopefully I can get going with the prospect stuff. Um, cheers, Jordan Jost. Cheers, everybody. Um, uh, but anyways, like, check out Birds on the Black. Hopefully we can get to do pad more. We'll see. It's so tough to do from an energy drain standpoint. But um, again, Clayton, thank you for being here. For the Hicks family, for the the Helsleys, for the uh, uh, the Donovans, for the for the Yepeses, for the for the Carlsons, for for uh, uh, Kisners, for the 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 minor league families that we've had come through here over the years. Uh, you never know when the last pad's going to be, but you never know when the first of a whole string of pads are going to be. So for everybody at Prospects After Dark, everybody at Birds on the Black, I raise my glass. Uh, if you watch this, you're part of the resistance. See, it's second nature, family. Uh, and that's all I've got. Thank you for being here. Uh, as always, family, uh, it was a pleasure and uh, happy hunting. We'll see you soon, hopefully. I think I love YouTube, and what am I so afraid of YouTube? I'm going to end the version YouTube of this song right now. I'm going to go a little bit longer on YouTube as I make up a song. I just want to make tea and drink and drink, and 24 people are looking at this shit. Uh, hey, what should I masturbate to tonight? I'm ending the broadcast. I'm going to masturbate to myself.